may never look at your town or its people the same way ever again. Stained by Blood, a murder investigation based upon a true story by private investigator Douglas J. Hagman. Using the character Mark Stiles, Hagman takes you on a journey behind the scenes where the homicide becomes a secondary to an underworld of satanic ritual abuse, child abduction, and even mind-controlled experimentation. A world dismissed as conspiracy by those who want to keep its secrets hidden, exposing the dangers, denials, and deceptions. For five years, a brutal killer remained on the loose, free to kill again. As Mark struggles to navigate the maze of bizarre twists and untangle a web of deeply hidden secrets kept by some of the most powerful and influential people in his community and beyond. You may never look at your city, town, or its people the same way ever again. Stain by Blood. Order your copy of this engaging novel today at HagmanandHagman.com and click on the link. Stain by Blood. Gentlemen of the jury, the prosecution is not going to get that man today. No, because I'm going to get him. Welcome to this episode of the Hagman and Hagman Report, where we're coming to you live from our radio and television studios here in beautiful northwest Pennsylvania. Folks, we broadcast live every weeknight. That's Monday through Friday from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Global Star Radio Network. Proud to be a part of the Global Star Radio Network. Very proud to be part of that. And, of course, we're simulcast on Blog Talk Radio, BTR. You can watch us live in my archive on YouTube right there. And in case you're wondering, it's I can see us. That's a good thing, right? Uh, don't forget, we have got two separate websites, one for the show, which is HagmanandHagman.com, and the other for uh, news, information, show prep. That's HagmanReport.com. Please bookmark both. Portions of the nice broadcast brought to you by... Our own Hagman store. That's right. HagmanReportStore.com. That's HagmanReportStore.com. Folks who have ordered from the store, um, shipments have all gone out. Um, so, and in fact, I packed many myself. Many myself, actually. Put a few love notes in a couple. That's right. I did. Asked my wife to put a little lipstick on the mug there. No, that I'm kidding, of course. But uh, it's all gone out. Folks, we dig deep into topics the corporate mass media won't. They'll never do. we got a good show for you lined up tonight. I'm going to take the first few minutes, but before I do, I'll bring on Joe. How you doing? Doing all right. Had a good weekend. Good. It was nice here up in uh, northern Pennsylvania. No, it wasn't. It was hailing yesterday. Yeah, it did hail yesterday, but today it's nice and sunny and in the 60s. So I'm going to take off. All right. Yeah. And enjoy be the uh, last few hours of daylight we sure. have in the sunset. Yeah. Uh, go ahead. The beautiful peninsula. You you might want to just steer clear because I have a feeling I might I'm, I might be animated here. Yeah, that's what you're saying. I'm I'm going to stick around and <clears> see <throat> the show. All right. Well, here's a warning to all you all you listeners, all you viewers. If you've got young children in the room, you might want to you might want to ask them to leave. Okay, I'm leaving. All right. I'm not going to tell you again. 
fired up, and I don't know why. Well, I could tell you why. Okay. And, folks, we have a great lineup of shows planned for you this week. Uh, as my father's preparing to lose his vocal cords, we have <clears throat> uh, Greg Jackson's going to be joining us in hour number two tonight. And he's going to be talking about the transgender issue. Yes, he is. And this is going to be a theme this week. We're going to have uh, Pastor Flip Benham on tomorrow. <laughs> he is going to be on the first two hours before Stan. He will be talking and addressing this transgender issue as well. Then on Wednesday, we're going to have open phone lines on our open phone line Wednesdays. And we want you guys to call in. That's going to be the last half you. of the show. Yeah, last half of the show. Thursday, <clears throat> Steve Quayle and Tom Horn. Folks, remember to keep Tom in your prayers. His uh, mother passed away. recently yep. passed away, yep. and uh, he'll be joining us Thursday. And then Ted Broder will be with us Friday. So we got a full week lined up. Today's the show. This hour and Wednesday, first hour, is our venting time, our time. Well, yeah, yeah, and uh, just to let everyone know, pretty much, um, and, and I saw someone asking about where the store is, HagmanReportStore.com, that's HagmanReportStore.com. You know, uh, um, my dad made me buy, purchase an item from the store this weekend. I did, because we were getting messages that the order was canceled, and it was um, it was just weird. But uh, No, and it went through um, fine, I had no yeah, problems. Yeah. And, and folks, um, uh, we're, we're trying to work out the... Uh, the shipping. I mean, the shipping is what it is. Okay, uh, frankly, I, I've we're not we're not padding the shipping at all. No. It's just what it is. I right? went to the post office with you today. Yeah, dragon, saw that myself. Dragon bins uh, <laughs> stuff. Anyway, so uh, but th- but thank you for all who support us and support our show. And again, uh, now as more people are coming in, uh, I just want to warn everyone uh, here. In the next fifteen minutes, you might want to take your children away from the radio. And uh, if you're a mealy mouth, uh, spineless Christian, easily easily offended, you, you too might want to turn this broadcast off for the next 15 minutes. Because I'm coming after you. Coming after you. All right. I don't know. Do I give him enough time to leave? No, I'm here. <laughs> Hey, uh, tomorrow we're going to be on uh, Paul Begley's show. Right? Yeah, we're going to be on Pastor Paul Begley's show from one to three, uh, the coming apocalypse on Blog Talk Radio. Um, PaulBegleyProphecy dot com is his website. Paul Begley thirty four is the YouTube, and we will be live with him tomorrow, and he'll be on our show within the next. Go, are we are we going to be on on video or just audio? No, probably audio. But he does video streaming. Uh, that's directly from his website. All right. the video streaming. All right. All right, sounds good. Well, all right. Here, here's here's my message, and and uh, ladies and gentlemen of the jury, I come before you. Uh, you know, I I spent a good portion of this weekend speaking with a number of people, also researching, doing a lot of research on uh, all the issues that are are very pressing for today. And I got to tell you, there's so many of them. The, the the decline of Western civilization is is really at the heart of it. If you look at what's taking place in America today, you see us really. Uh, fighting for our lives. We're fighting because the churches aren't, the politicians certainly are not, and the media is not. No one is fighting for the the Christians in this country. 
The Christians are divided, seemingly divided into a couple of camps. Forgetting about the non, non, I'm forgetting about the, the, the rapture or for, just put, put that aside for a moment. Although I do believe that, that, uh, anyone who believes in a pre-trib rapture is setting themselves and others up for, uh, problems. And, and I say that because if you believe so strongly in a pre-trib rapture and it doesn't happen and your faith is shaken and the faith, faith of others is shaken, then I think you've got a problem. But that's just my personal opinion. I'm not here to talk about the rapture. Uh, it's just my personal opinion. I'm just starting to get the party started. All right. Here, here after looking at all of the situations that uh, this weekend, all of the, um, um, all of the issues we we're being faced with. We've got an election coming up. You've got an avowed socialist and avowed communist. The former being Bernie Sanders, the latter being Hillary Rodham Clinton on the progressive side. How in the hell did we get that? Hmm? How? I'll tell you how. The public indoctrination system known as the public school system and the lack of teaching by parents to their children at home. Uh, generations. Not just this generation, but generations. That's how we got there. Then you've got the Christians who are saying, well, we need to make America great again through Donald Trump. I agree. We certainly do. But it's not just a... a uh, it's just not a uh, uh, political issue. It's not a military issue. It is a spiritual issue. And until people get that through their heads and understand what's at stake here, that Western civilization, not just America, is at stake, then, then we have nothing. You think one man is going to make a difference? You're sadly mistaken. It's a start, but it, you're, you're sadly mistaken. If you don't hold that one person out to the same standards that you hold... Uh, uh, Look, the solution is not political, it's spiritual, it's moral. And do not, folks, and, and this is the, really the crux of everything. We talk about issues such as abortion and transgender, the homosexual, okay, we're, we're in the two things, abortion and the homosexual agenda. We, we, we look at them like, well, they're separate. And and they're legal now because the Supreme Court ruled on them. And then you've got the churches, AWOL, completely AWOL. <clears throat> and you got this past week, in case you haven't listened to it, and I would urge everyone, everyone to listen, Russ Dizdar spoke on abortion, the practice of abortion. And I'm going to paraphrase him a few minutes for a few times here during this uh during while I making my opening statement. And you've got coach Dave Dobmeyer, America's coach out there protesting abortion clinics. Or I shouldn't say protesting, uh, try, making people aware of what goes on in these abortion clinics. And I see some self-professed Christians saying, "Oh, you shouldn't, you know, why waste your time? What does it matter?" Don't you have a job? How dare you? That's my response to that person saying that. How dare you? You call yourself a Christian, right? Not to me or not. Christians, this message is for you, from me. Stop pretending to fight. Whatever the issue is, stop pretending. Stop Stop being a hostage. 
stop being stop being this this um stop having this uh, this Stockholm syndrome, will you? Stop bowing down on the altar of political correctness for the sake of of tolerance. Make a stand. And if you're not going to make a stand, support those who do make stands. Like Coach Dave Dabamar. Like Russ Dizdar. And Russ Dizdar had, again, last week had a, just a fantastic program about how abortion ties into satanic ritual abuse, child human sacrificing. And if you don't understand, ladies and gentlemen, that this is a problem in this country and throughout the entire world, then I don't know. Put your head back in the sand. Stop. Quit, quit saying and believing that homosexual marriage and sodomy is the law of the land. Quit saying that abortion is the law of the land. Because clearly, you have no clue what the Constitution states. Oh, you think you do, but you don't. If you're a Christian, it is your responsibility to, to get knowledge up to, to understand what we're talking about here. So grab a Constitution, grab a course somewhere, study the Constitution, but understand it is not the law of the land. It can't be. It can never be. With respect to abortion, with respect to homosexuality, let me explain something to you. These are not isolated agendas. These are not little little distractions. I saw one person on uh, on a forum write, "It's a distraction." Oh, Clinton's criminality is is what we need to focus on. Everything else is a distraction. Give me a break. You clearly don't understand what you're talking about, and we got too many people mouthing off that have that, that have no clue what they're talking about. I got an email this weekend. Somebody wrote a blog post, and I'm not going to even name this despicable individual's name. This blog post, I'm not because I, I certainly wouldn't want to give this individual the credit or the embarrassment of this intellectual shallowness. I'm citing a program I did back in April. Okay. Or August, I guess it was. I don't know. David DeLeden, the CEO of the tax exempt charity for Center for Medical Progress under his false identity, or Robert Sarkis working for a fraudulent company, Biomax Procurement Services. This so-called self-professed Christian woman I think, although she's probably, you know, I don't know. I don't, I, I don't want to say. I don't know for sure. I certainly would have to check biologically to make sure. Writes that the, the main problem with abortion in America is that a morally abhorrent practice has been legalized. Well, number one, you could tell that this person is absolutely uh, clueless with respect to the the Constitution. All right. See, the homosexual agenda, the abortion agenda, they're tied together at the hip, and they are a full frontal assault against the Judeo-Christian ethic of, the, of, the, of this country and of the West. I want everyone to understand that. These are not small issues. The bathroom issue was never about bathrooms. Abortion was never about the life of the mother. It was never about my body, my choice. Never! And the, and the, and the idiots... The moral degenerates such as Samantha B and Patton Oswalt, who think that they're they're so funny, and you got this the studio audience that laughs and laughs at their conception deception. 
And if you don't know what I'm talking about, good. Ah, really? That's the problem, see. It's an attack on our faith, it's an attack on our culture, and it's an attack on, on men, and it certainly is an attack against women, and it is the wholesale butchery, ultimately, of the of the children that are yet to be born. And the very people who would who would say Auschwitz was a problem, was a crime, criminal activity, and would never be okay with Auschwitz, is they're okay with with abortion because it's so-called legal in the United States. Since when did the wholesale murder of children at six months, eight months in the womb become legal? Oh, Roe v. Wade. No. That's a Supreme Court opinion. If you want to base opinions on legality, if you want to base Supreme Court opinions on the Constitution or on 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 on, on what's really legal, then then let's bring back let's talk about Dred Scott, shall we? You see, you're brainwashed, and people that write blog posts like this idiot, this moron. This intellectually, morally, the so-called Christian, by the way, who has more of a problem. Listen, has more of a problem. And here's what's got me riled up, because she doesn't. Because I could care less about her. You see, people like this, to me, I could scrape off my shoe. I don't care. These people, or people like her. Uh, or dog doo-doo. But here's the problem, folks. It's the pervasive attitude of the Christians in America who agree or think like this person. That's the problem. That's the problem. Who find more fault with somebody like me or somebody like David Daleden who find more fault with them by because they're you know a journalist breaking law, journalistic laws by saying they're someone who's they're not, or more fault with me saying that uh, you know posing as an undercover operative in an operation, finding more fault with people like us than the act itself. And then showing clearly, a, 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 clearly a, a shallow or, or a, a, a wrong under no understanding whatsoever of the United States Constitution, even though she she proclaims to have some sort of higher education, she's got nothing. And neither do the people that think like her. Because here, here's here's that, that issue, and and I would urge everyone to listen to the series done by Russ Dizdar last week. Because, see, as abortion is right now, and homosexual sodomite marriage is, there is no such thing, but as sodomy is right now, this is an attack on, on, our, on us. This is the front. This is a battlefront of the war we're facing. And until people understand that, then they, you don't understand nothing. As in the days of Noah, these are the days of Noah. This shows it right here. These are the days of Noah. Abortion, and in the back of your mind, just think about Samantha B and, and Patton Oswalt yucking it up about the conception deception and about saying, "Well, gee whiz, you know, it's uh oh, abortion, it's you know, my body, my choice, and abortion doesn't, uh, you know, they they were actually um, 
Um, if, again, if you didn't see it, please don't. Don't even give them the, the opportunity to, to, to allow them to get in your head. But the bottom line is they were, they were saying, well, geez, um, these, uh, fake clinics, for example, uh, offer women, women a choice. They're disguising as, as abortion clinics or as, you know, women's clinics, but really they're trying to save the baby. And that's terrible because that is just, they're just, you know what they're doing? That's terrible. They're misrepresenting themselves. It's a magic show. No. I'll tell you what it is. Some morally degenerate people who, who listen and laugh at this whole thing. Here's what they're not telling you. And this is what, this is what, uh, Russ got into. You, you see, my body, my choice. If it's inconvenient to have a child, let's have an abortion. Everything, all these words are so sanitized and sterilized today. There are three abortion classifications. You got surgical abortion, you got medical abortion, you got chemical abortion. Let me explain this to you. And again, if you've got the young children in the room, I would recommend getting them out of the room. The abortions that involve invasive procedure, um, major types of surgical abortions include suction aspiration. Here, here's how they do it. And I want everyone to listen to this. And especially that, uh, that idiot, that moral degenerate, that, that holier than thou ankle biting Christian that wrote the, the, the blog post and people that think like her. I want you to get this. Because if you can find more fault with David Deleton, the investigator who uncovered the mass slaughter, okay, at Planned Parenthood, if you find more fault with people like that, who the, the people who uncover, then you have a serious problem. And to me, you are no Christian, so shut the hell up. Because here, let me explain what, what the abortion procedure is. See, suction aspiration. This is the most, uh, th- this is most often used. Season the first trimester. During the first three months. Don't forget after eight days you can, you can see the formation of a life form of a, of a, of a human being. Anyway, the abortion inserts a suction tube similar to a vacuum hose with an extremely sharp end into the mother's womb. The safest place on earth for any child, or should be. The suction and cutting edge dismember the baby while the hose sucks the body parts into a collection bottle. And let me paraphrase Russ Dizdar. To the doctors who are doing this, to the nurses who are assisting, to the secretaries or to, to the people who are working there, to the, these these women who are who are bringing the the uh, people in as as guards, if you will, damn you to hell! Every single one of you, damn you to hell! Second method is dilation and cutterage at DNC. In this procedure, the abortionist uses a loop-shaped knife to cut the baby into pieces and scrape the uterine wall. The baby is cut to pieces inside the mother's womb. And you see, the baby's body parts are then removed and checked to make sure that no pieces are left in the mother's womb. So the doctor, the abortionist, the nurse, they count the arms to make sure they got two arms and two legs and a heart and a head. You understand this? D&E. This is also known as partial birth abortion used to kill babies well into the third trimester as late as 32 weeks old. The abortion 
<clears throat> the abortionist reaches into the mother's womb, grabs the baby's feet with the forceps, and pulls the baby out of the mother except for the head. The abortionist then jams a pair of scissors into the back of the baby's head, spreads the scissors apart to make a hole into the baby's skull. He then removes the scissors and sticks a suction tube into the skull to suck the baby's brains out. Now, I know this is not news. I know that. I know you guys know this. In today's world, everything's been so sanitized. Let's hear it again. The forceps are then used to crush the baby's head, and the abortionist pulls the baby out of the body the rest of the way. And, of course, they have to count body parts so they can sell them. And Russ Dizard does a great job about talking about how this is related to satanic uh, ritual abuse, satanic sacrifice, blood offerings to and child offerings to Moloch, and compares it to the business of Auschwitz. I'm not going to go on into into the different other things except to say you've got uh, chemicals inserted directly into the into the mother into the baby. For example, salt poisoning. This is a technique that's used in the second, third trimesters. And if you think about the people at the, the the victims, the child victims, the abortionist sticks a long needle into the mother's womb. The needle contains salt. It's then injected into the amniotic fluid surrounding the baby. The baby breathes in, swallowing salt, and dies from salt poisoning, dehydration, brain hemorrhage, and convulsions. It takes about an hour to die an hour, and the baby feels pain. So yuck it up, Samantha B. Yuck it up, Patton Oswalt. Yuck it up, Jacqueline. Yeah, uh, you know who I'm talking about. Of course, we can't have, we can't, I mean, this is not a problem, but God forbid someone goes in to expect, to 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 expose this. Ha, you find a problem there, you don't find a problem with this, or if you do, we got to play by the rules. You see, there are no rules in this lawless America anymore. So quit saying you're a Christian. I'm not going to go on. You get the idea. And then we have the gay agenda, the homosexual agenda. The goal is... Very simple, as with every major political movement, the homosexual lobby is pushing a very specific agenda. You got one to three percent of America that identifies with this perversion. One to three percent. That's it. And you are being held to that one to three percent. Their objective is to radically redefine our foundational institutions, our fundamental institutions, and to assail legitimate marriage, to destroy the nuclear family, the God-given, God's natural design for a family, for human sexuality, to pervert everything, to, to ultimately to act on their perversions. That's what, that's what this is all about, but, but at, 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 its, at its epicenter is to destroy the nuclear family. The plan of attack is what we're seeing right now. It is uh, it is in play. They're using the force of law or the force of the illusion of law to jam this down your throats. And this is why we've got heroes like Coach Dave Dobmeyer who have the guts to go to Target and say, no. You see, this is not about bathrooms. 
Abortion is not about the rule of law. We don't need another Supreme Court justice in there to overturn a ruling. No, we don't. Now, to help the people who are slow on the uptake, certainly that would help, obviously. But the bottom line is, any law that is not consistent with biblical law or involves the murder, involves murder or or perversion, sexual perversion, is no law at all. But see, through the illusion of the force of law, they... And, and through hate crimes legislation, the so-called uh, Employment Non-Discrimination Act, and uh, all these other government-imposed sanctions, same-sex marriage—you know this—they're changing our language. They're changing the regulations, saying it's applicable as law is when in fact it's not. But see, at the at issue, at the issue with both the abortion agenda and the homosexual agenda, is to destroy Western civilization. And to make it such, the bigger picture is to make it such that we, as Christians, we've rolled over so much, we've accepted our fate so much, we've become fatalistic so much, we've become we've we've adhered to this this Stockholm syndrome so much, we've been brainwashed so much, we've been apathetic so long. We're an easy mark. Easy. And, you know, I just want to say this. If you don't want to listen to what I'm saying, then leave. Then turn this off. And I know people will turn this off. And I, I'm okay with that. Well, you know, I was talking uh, <clears throat> earlier today with John Robertson, um, who's going to be coming on with Flip tomorrow just to, to do an opening with him. Um, and we were talking about this, and we were talking about, you know, the... Alice Bailey's 10 point plan, uh, in which uh, I think I read it on air about two weeks ago, where it talks about, uh, you know, a few of the 10 points is, is one, make abortion easy. Another one is to abolish the family unit through homosexuality and abortion. <laughs> and if we take a lesson from history, uh, from the Republic, uh, the Roman Republic, what part of their decline was caused by is what we see here in this country. Um, higher taxes, taking publish, uh, public money for bread and circus, um, undermining the dignity and sanctity of the home through uh, the decaying of religion. Not only that, but with the introduction of sexual perversion and immigration uh, into the government of people who were not and did not have allegiance to the Roman government. The same exact things we see today. Exactly. That's not even including abortion. But see, we are looking at, okay, the, the, the perversion of, of sodomy, we're looking as a human perversion. It is not, again, it is not the law of the West. It is not the law of the United States, I should say. Uh, I can't, I don't know about other constitutions, but you're exactly right. This is an ancient, ancient, ancient perversion that goes back to the the days of Noah, the worshipping of these the pagan gods and the ultimate objective here is to destroy the Judeo-Christian Judaism as well as Christianity but primarily Christianity because Christianity is really on its back as a whole as a collective, Christians are on their back now, if you if you think okay you don't tell me that you know, I'm I'm 
I'm uh, brainwashed. Okay, I fine. I'm not talking to you then. I'm talking to people who, who who have not gotten out of their easy chairs or from behind their keyboards and have gone and have not gone out to say to say something to target or have not gone out to to, to fight. Who have not gone from their position of 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 just the the the, the seat behind the keyboard where they're in a state of entropy. I'm talking about the people who, uh, and I'm, t- I'm talking to those people. I'm talking to the people who, who, who are pretending to fight but are not fighting, who are not taking the mantle, uh, or, or not taking the fight to the people who are not saying, no, not us, not here, not now. I'm talking to the people who are saying, well, you know, I really, I, I really can't say anything. I don't want to get banned from Facebook and I really can't say anything because I, I just don't want to cause trouble. Well, what the hell are you doing? Is that how you fight? No. Quit being a hostage. Quit saying and believing that homosexuality is the law of the land. Quit saying and believing that abortion is the law of the land. Put your spirituality before your any other emotion and go out there and make a difference. Stand up and stand up for what you believe in. And while you're at it, you know, these people who, 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 who apparently find it more reassuring to themselves, more comforting to themselves to go after, you know, to say, gee whiz. I, you know, the Center for Medical Progress said David DeLayden really, really did some, oh, he, he was wrong. He was wrong. Because, it, 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 you know, he shouldn't really have pretended to be someone else. That's so unchristian-like. Really? That's what you're gonna, that's what you're pissed off about? That's it? Let me get this straight. You and people like you don't have a problem with the sucking the brains using a, uh, sucking the brains out of an unborn child who can feel pain or burning the skin off with a salt solution while the baby takes an hour to die. And this guy goes out to expose it through videotape and you're pissed off at this guy? And you call yourself a Christian? Your brand of Christianity is something I want to have nothing to do with. And most, most assuredly you. And, and you might say, well, wait a second, wait a second. Why are you so hacked off right now? It's Monday. Yeah, well, no. <laughs> you know what? Here's why, here's why I'm mad. Because you see, the fight has been engaged. We are on the battle lines. We are being harassed. We are, uh, trust me when I tell you, if I get another box of used condoms, another envelope of used condoms, another package in my, in my mail, yeah. Yeah, that's the that's the integrity. See, that's that's what we're dealing with. We're dealing with people who call who say, "Well, we can't have this," and call us call our sponsors and say, "You know something? We don't want you to talk about Christianity." Well, at least not this kind of Christianity. You can go ahead and talk about positive Christianity, but don't you dare talk about sodomy, and don't you dare talk about abortion. You, you see, this is all coming together now. Now, and I got an email saying, well, you're being awful uh, 
uh, how was it? How do they put it? You're being awful hypocritical because you're urging them to boycott, urging Christians to boycott Target. But you, when when people are trying to boycott you, you think that's wrong. Yeah, yeah, I do. They're two separate issues. I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to get, go in the girls' bathroom at Target, and and I'm not saying it's okay. That's how it's different. Don't do that. Don't do that. Save your save yourself. Save your save your breath. But but you see, it's programs like like this and others, whether it be Dave Hodges or Alex Jones or others. And you, have you noticed a, a change in the way? Alternative media is going. Do you know why alternative media is changing? Why, why people why people are trying to be self sufficient? Because we're losing the support of advertisers. We're losing the support of, of a lot of people who say, "Hey, you know what? I don't want to cause any trouble. I, I just I don't want to be a part of it." And they're walking away. Some are walking away. Others are, are making threats. And see, that's that's where we're at today. We have this moral and spiritual bankruptcy along with this intellectual bankruptcy like I have never seen in my life. And we've got Christians going right along with it. By the way, for those who don't believe, the boycotts work. Hang on. I'm getting to it. Let's talk Are these, amongst uh, yourselves, sir. The numbers of Target? They're down $4 billion in yep. the last 32 days. $2.5 billion, then $2 billion after that. Uh, after Coach uh, Day's original yeah, video, the first week, they were down in their stock futures $2.5 billion. And then last week, the owner of Target, Doubled down on CNBC, I believe it was, uh, on the financial situation, uh, one of the financial shows, and doubled down, and another two billion dollars was lost in stock value. Praise God, and thank you, Coach Dave Dobbenmeyer. Thank you, Breitbart, for for making that go viral. Thank you, Coach Dobbenmeyer. See, that wouldn't have gone viral had Coach Dave Dobbenmeyer been not, uh, not been out there. How many people were with, with Coach Dave? One, his daughter. One, yeah. Two, I think. Where, maybe was taping. holding the camera. Yeah. Right? Two. And Coach Dave. Some people have jobs. I get that. I understand that 100%. I get it. But that doesn't preclude you from doing the same thing. It doesn't preclude us from doing the same thing. We're doing what we can. But see... People think that this, what we're doing right now, the homosexuality, the transgender, the perversion, is unrelated to current events. It is dead-on related, tied at the hip. They believe that abortion has nothing to do with current events. It most certainly is. We are under the judgment of God as a nation and as a people. And you see, no one in the church really wants, well, the, the church is basically AWOL. The church, not, there are exceptions. Please. But I'm just going to tell you right now, you might think that, again, you might think that uh, this is all just a bunch of bluster and all for naught and all just for show. It's not. But when when programs like this and this program, when we lose funding, 
when we um, when we are 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 cited for hate speech. I guess you can listen to you know reruns of the old uh, Dragnet series on the on the radio or whatever old time radio show you want to listen to. It's coming. Censorship is coming. Criminality of this kind of speech is coming. If you don't believe me, well, just wait around. It's coming. And those people who file lawsuits frivolously against against the truth tellers on the rise. It will be on the rise. Why? Oh. It's easy to bankrupt someone that way. Don't matter. It's frivolous. Don't matter. We're just going to bankrupt them. Because regardless of how stupid it is, how baseless it is, you still got to fight. It's common. Whether it's in the name of hate speech or whether it's in the name of some other perverse uh, ideological, uh, uh, you know, mental deal, it's common. So stand up right now while you still can. Get behind people like Coach Dave Dobbenmeyer while you still can. Get behind people like Russ Dizdar while you still can. And understand the magnitude of what we're facing because it is from the pits of hell because these people are from the pits of hell. And once again, to paraphrase Russ Dizdar and talking about the abortionists and the, the nurses and the, those little uh, blue-haired women that walk in, these girls think they're doing something great for humanity. The Margaret Sanger wannabes, damn you to hell. And if you can't take it listening out there, then turn the channel. I don't care. Because sometimes the truth is a little bit uncomfortable, isn't it? And that concludes my opening statement. All right. Did you have any middle or closing statements? <laughs> oh, I got them. No, you no, don't want them. Just em. kidding. Um, we got about thirteen minutes left until the top of the hour, so let's get into some some news, and then we will be joined by Greg Jackson on the other side. Um, folks, if you paid attention to the Drudge Report today, or if you traveled at all in the last week or so, um. There's been a lot of TSA issues. There's been a lot of security issues. Morale is bad. And today it was no exception. Um, the front page of Drudge, the top headline was about the nightmarish TSA lines that continue at airport security checkpoints. This at a CBS Chicago. Travelers flying out of Chicago just can't catch a break. With increasingly long lines to get through security at the city's airport, many travelers have been missing their flights. Some, that, some ended up sleeping at the O'Hare International Airport on Sunday. Mile-long security lines. Over a mile. Good. Over you know two what? Miles. Will this, what will this do? Over 4,000 Americans missed their flight this weekend. Aww. Color me just so sad over this because you know why? Because the same people who are bitching about the lines don't have the guts to bitch about the TSA unconstitutional groping, and we should all put up a fight. I'll, I'll bet you 70, 80% of the people in line are going to visit grandma or going on some vacation or just pleasure out there, pleasure flying, right? <laughs> and I'm sorry, I misquoted. American Airlines said 4,000 passengers have missed flights at O'Hare. 
Just at that one airport. Since February. Two to long lines. The TSA has blamed the long waits at security on a shortage of screeners, and also the airlines have blamed passengers. Wait a second. These agents were standing around cracking jokes for crying out loud. Yep. 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 It goes on to say that um, they're uh, looking to hire employees through uh, third-party not sure, actually TSA sure. employees. They're looking right. for to contract employees. See, and, and I have to say this: seventy three agents, seventy three TSA agents were on the uh, on the terrorist watch list. Yeah. Isn't it funny that they were all expunged except two? Two were fired, but seventy one agents were absorbed into the system. You have seventy three terrorists working for the TSA. No one's a L- terrorist. Okay, wait, wait a second. You, you get terrorist the- suspects. Because you can get on that list. Uh, okay. Anyway. Let me rephrase that. But yes. You've got 73 people on the terrorist watch list working for the TSA. You've got a lack of vetting and a lack of screening. You've got this, 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 this entire insane, unconstitutional anti-fourth, fifth, fourteenth amendment grab at the airport. All right. It, it is first, it, second amendment. I mean, I, I don't know. All the, Amendments. You understand how insane this is, and people are bitching about the fact that they can't get to their flights. I'm sorry for the language, but you know what? If you would complain, if you would take your anger, take your focus, take your take that. Oh, I missed my flight and I'm angry. Well, you know what? Understand what the problem is. The problem is each one of us who flies and who says we are going to put a dollar in the pocket of United or American or or whatever airline it is. It, no, we have to we have to vote with our feet. Say I'm not going to fly until you get these 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 jackbooted thugs out of the airport, and that's the only way we can do it. We did it one time. Alex Jones did it one time. Had this opt out day or, or whatever. Thanksgiving, right? Holiday. Let's do it again. It was opt out day, and let's do it for the, up, until forever. The TSA shut down their security screening lines for fear of the backlash that was coming from holiday travelers. Oh. Why that wasn't continued? Yeah, I don't know. But if it was done once, it can be done again. Especially seeing the amount of. Uh, I mean, just look at the front of Drudge right now. The whole top section is... I haven't seen Drudge today, so... TSA hell, airport lines for miles. Oh, yeah. yeah, there it is, uh, yep. Longer yep. than the yep. eye can see. Agents stood around, cracked jokes, stranded out of hair, sleeping in coats. I'm reading headlines here. Um, another nightmare in Atlanta. Lines snake through airport. <laughs> oh, my God. That's a headline. Complaints surge. Feds blame flyers. Yeah, no, it's it's not no 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 no. You, you see, we've got to get our freedom back. We've got to get our rights back. We cannot allow this to continue. And and I, I'm just looking at the picture here. Mm-hmm. How, how many how many of these people underage now? Uh, this line of people. How many look like business travelers? Maybe one or two. I don't know. I don't see too many. Okay, but you know, flying you just. What, we we throw like a pair of pajamas on or swear a pair of hey, uh, uh, parachute pants on and get on. You know. I see at gas stations, it's amazing to me. Um, at first, it was mostly women who would, you know, wear sweatpants and pajama pants out. But today, in today's world, uh, on a daily basis, I see men in sweatpants and pajama pants out at the gas stations and grocery stores. Uh, What's wrong like with they you? roll Grow out off. of bed. Put some big boy pants on. Huh? Go right out, you know. Uh, well, I'll just say no this. No shower, no brushing your teeth. Just right. 
Well, judging by the, judging by this image here at uh, on the on the front of garage, it doesn't look like too many people are traveling for business. If they are, then certainly I don't know what their business is, but certainly uh, you know maybe it's a gaming business or something. But it looks like uh, mostly families or or you know younger people. Well, I'll tell you something. See, this goes back to the, the teaching in our schools. The fact that uh, these these guys, these women, these ki- ki- children are being brought up to, to think this is okay. This is okay. Yeah, it's not okay. And when are we going to put our foot down and stop being the uh, stop rolling over for these people? Oh, we got to turn the other cheek. No, we don't. I'm not turning any cheek, butt cheek or face cheek. <laughs> Remember, I, I told you, and this is not uh, this does not have to do with the traveling issue. This does not uh, have to do with the TSA. But we talked about a gay pastor who got a cake from a Whole Foods. That said something had a message along the lines of love wins or um, I don't remember the initial uh, message, but in Austin there was a man, a, a pastor, a homosexual pastor, who said an employee at Whole Foods wrote a homophobic slur on a cake. Well, he has now withdrawn his lawsuit from Whole Foods and said the company has done nothing wrong. Jordan Brown made the initial allegations more than three weeks ago. The openly gay pastor said at the time that he ordered a cake with the phrase Love Wins on it and instead got a cake with the phrase that said Love Wins and then a homophobic slur underneath it. And I told told you back then that they released and reviewed the security footage and there was no uh Tell me what the homophobic slur, slur was. Tell me. It was a three-letter word starting with an F. The, the common phrase fag, I'm sorry. Yes. No, no, I'm not sorry, because actually they call themselves that as well. Well, Whole Foods has now dropped their countersuit after the truth has come to light, according to a statement from the company. Brown said in a statement Monday morning he was wrong to pursue this matter and use the media to perpetrate his story. He went on to, to give an, uh, Apology to Whole Foods and to the LGBT community. But what gets me here is Whole Foods withdrawing their countersuit. Because in today's day and age, people believe what they hear at face value. I know, but I'm twitching here. Did you say homosexual pastor? You didn't say that, did did you? Yes, I did. His name... How does that work? Jordan Brown, a homosexual... Pastor. Okay, homosexual and openly gay. Hang on, pastor, let, me, let me write this Jordan down. Jordan Brown. Let me write this down here. I gotta write this down because I, I don't. I'm not sure I believe it. <laughs> anyway, Brown represented uh, pastor for what church? Um, that is not is, listed is that, here. No, no. Does he use the Queen James version of the Bible or King James version? I don't know. That's you know when this story first came out, that was one thing that really caught my attention um, was that this was a homosexual pastor. So here you have a pastor who's openly homosexual, who has now admitted to lying about being a victim of a but see okay perceived yeah. hate crime based on their You're sexual. Right. But but also take notice. That, okay, so a couple of elements here that are, you're going to gloss over, which is fine because that's not part of the story. But number one, uh, everyone should hear those words homosexual pastor and automatically red flag should go up. Also, mm-hmm. understand love wins. Hashtag love wins. All of these little trite little phrases, you understand, are not 
these are these are programming. This is neuro-linguistic programming, folks. We talk about neuro-linguistic programming all of the time. That's what this is. Look at, at Bruce Jenner and the transformation that he's had. Now wanting to de-transform, saying that it is morally wrong for him to pursue a lesbian relationship. Wait, wait a minute. For a while. You all right? I can't even say. Okay, Bruce Jenner is a man. Right. Who? Well, wait a minute. Is still no, a I think man a jur- What's a, okay. Who said that his Christian belief is is making him uh, unable to pursue a lesbian relationship? So, so th- this is nothing more than an exercise in uh, sadom- sadomasochistic exercise, basically in mutilation, general mutilation. Well, in, he didn't uh, get mutilated. He didn't uh, have that okay. operation. So if he goes he back. I don't know. I don't know. But it's so confusing to me because if he's a man, I mean, if he's a guy, which he was born a guy, he still has his guy parts, and he pursues a relationship as Caitlyn, it's a lesbian relationship. But if he de-genderizes and is a guy again, as he always was, and pursues a normal relationship, what, I mean, I don't see. Well, let's let's call it for what it is. It's mental illness. Uh, that's all yeah. this is. It's it's either demonic infestation or mental illness or both. It's not. It's nothing any level-headed person would ever think or do. No, it's uh, very confusing. 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 And um, you either got the right chromosomes or you don't when you're born with it. We'll see. Um, Rumor has it that somewhere in Hattiesburg, a, a woman walked into a, uh, a bathroom and was mistaken as a tranny yeah, in a Walmart I saw bathroom. That. Uh, I think I, I think I know that person. Are you being mean now? No, Connecticut. Oh, it's Connecticut. I'm sorry. Uh, I, it could happen down there. See, a Connecticut woman says she was harassed in Walmart bathroom after a customer mistook her as a transgender. Did you ever see the Saturday Night movie or uh, Saturday Night uh, Show during the what the uh, '90s or 2000s? Uh, Pat, that character Pat. You couldn't tell whether it was a male or female. Remember that? Sort of. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So anyway, I'm so, sorry. I kind of I kind of veered off on that. But all right, go ahead. Well, no, we uh, we're up against the top of the hour break and uh, ending the story on the uh, the gay Austin pastor who dropped the lawsuit over <clears throat> the cake. He uh, this is what's confusing to me. He made a statement Monday morning, said he was sorry and wrong to pursue this matter and use the media to perpetuate this story, but it's a story he made up, and um, huh. just like Jenner. Go figure. Like you said, the neuro-linguistic programming. Yeah. All this attention to Jenner during this this sex change stuff, all this attention on this pastor who was a victim of a hate crime of Whole Foods, they come and they they change their story, but the damage has been done. Oh, yeah. Yeah, see, and the damage will continue to be done in in issues like this. We're going to be right back with with Greg Jackson. Yep, Greg Jackson. This is the Global Star Radio Network. 
Look at your city, town, or its people the same way ever again. Stained by Blood, a murder investigation based upon a true story by private investigator Douglas J. Hagman. Using the character Mark Stiles, Hagman takes you on a journey behind the scenes where the homicide becomes a secondary to an underworld of satanic ritual abuse, child abduction, and even mind-controlled experimentation. A world dismissed as conspiracy by those who want to keep its secrets hidden, exposing the dangers, denials, and deceptions. For five years, a brutal killer remained on the loose, free to kill again. As Mark struggles to navigate the maze of bizarre twists and untangle a web of deeply hidden secrets kept by some of the most powerful and influential people in his community and beyond, you may never look at your city, town, or its people the same way ever again. Stained by Blood. Order your copy of this engaging novel today at HagmanandHagman.com and click on the link. Stained by Blood. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to this edition of the Hagman and Hagman Report. Uh, Joe and I here, of course, uh, manning the helm. Um, folks, don't forget to check out our store, HagmanReportStore.com. We celebrated our grand opening last week. Uh, all, all purchases right now, of course, uh, you, you, you can uh, make your purchases. It's uh, secured. We, it's, we, we have a security certificate there, so you can... Uh, that'll come in handy as soon as, well, if you want to use your credit cards via PayPal, you can do that, and credit cards will be accepted here shortly, but, uh, uh just some fun things, actually. Some fun things. You gotta read the program, or the, uh, item descriptions. HagmanReportStore.com. This hour, uh, well, this week, I want to make sure everyone knows, not tomorrow, uh, the first, uh, first part of the program, Flip Venom is going to be coming on, John Robertson talking about, uh, the larger issue of, of what we're talking about today a little bit. And then Wednesday, we're, uh, or Thursday, we're going to have, uh, Steve Quayle, Steve Quayle and Tom, Tom Horn. Yeah, I talked to Steve this past weekend. He's on Jim Baker, the Jim Baker show, Steve Quayle and Tom Horn, or, Steve Quayle and Pastor David Langford are on today, tomorrow, and possibly Wednesday. And if you go to actually, if you go to Steve Quayle's YouTube site, yeah, there you go. There was a I saw a quick video of actually what you and me watched on TV last Thursday, okay. where Pastor Langford was talking about the pits. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a, a couple of YouTube clips from the Jim Baker show on Steve's YouTube site. And Gary Haven was on before that talking about Amerigeddon. And folks, you know, Amerigeddon, the film, um, we had a pre-release sent to us. We watched it. It was a great film. It, it talks about, um, the, the, uh, really the social, it really depicts the sociological and psychological aspects of an EMP and, and how important planning is and, and how important, um, not just planning, but, uh, having, Knowing your surroundings. And as we get further down, and I'm going to turn it over to you, Joe, in a second, but I just want to make, make sure people know this. We could talk about the economy today, but what's there to talk about? It, it, it's, it's a house of cards. When's it going to stop? When is the house of cards going to fall? We don't know. But if your money is in the bank, get it out of the bank. 
Keep enough in there to pay your bills, but get your money out of the bank. Put it in hard assets. Keep some cash on hand. If you're in a 401k, get it out of there. Really? I mean, again, we're in a house of cards. We can talk about the military aspects of things. How the military is, is down to the lowest levels since World War II. You think that's by accident? No, it's by design. Why? Why? Because we're trying to cut back on, on, uh, on, uh, no, no, no. We're being captured from within. Because we have communists, we've got, uh, communists, Fabian socialists and, 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 really Luciferians within our government were a captured operation. If you don't understand that, then you really don't understand anything. And part and parcel to this is the attack on the morality, which we're, we're really focusing on tonight. The attack on the nuclear family, the attack on, on mom and dad, the attack on our children, and how all of what we're talking about relates to human trafficking, how all that we're talking about with respect to abortion relates to satanic ritual abuse and child sacrifice. Don't for a minute think that that that, that the demons are not rejoicing and that Satan's not rejoicing that we have children being sacrificed at the altar of political correctness with instead of them being burned on the altar of Moloch. They're being burned by saline solutions by these despicable human beings that call themselves doctors in these abortuaries, in these in, in, these charnel houses. And Christians are rolling over and saying, no, it's legal. It's legal. No, it's not. With that, Greg, take it away because I'm starting to get, you know, a blood vessel up here. You know. No, you're doing you're doing great, uh, Doug and Joe. Thank you for having me on here. Uh, especially, I was on with you guys last week, and uh, um, I so appreciate always the opportunity to come on to your show whenever I have the opportunity to redeem the time. And I will say today, I am sad. Today, you know, I know Pastor Langford and Steve Quayle last week talked talked about tears. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm lamenting and when I look at how fast and furious the evil that is taking this country over in virtually every area of society. We're just being bombarded. It's like the gates of hell are just opening up. And I will admit to you guys that this weekend I was saddened, obviously, about the Friday the 13th declaration or proclamation or directive from the White House uh, that... Um, has nothing to do with transgenders, by the way, um, but that directive that the Obama administration and his criminal cabal that runs the attorney general's office um, sent out to all 50 states essentially said that if public schools don't allow males to pee and poop and change right alongside girls in girls' restrooms and in girls' locker rooms, then they will be in violation of Title IX, which has nothing to do with bathroom usage by uh, people who are sexually confused. Um, and uh, T- Title IX is nothing. You're right. It, Title IX, anyone to who do falls it. for that mm-hmm. th- th- has no idea what they're talking about or, or they're trying to tr- trying to pull the wool over our eyes. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a straw man, it's a diversion, it has nothing to do with what is really going on here. And so essentially, the Obama administration, uh, who, you know, is essentially, you know, 
unlike most lame duck presidents, Doug and Joe, who, what do they do in their last year? They play a lot of golf. Well, this is one time when I wish Obama would get back on the golf course, but this guy is part of the Rainbow Jihad. That's why we call him Jihad Barry. That's why we call him Bathhouse Barry, because this guy is on Jihad to put the final nails in the coffin of what used to be the greatest nation in the history in the history of the earth and of the world. And he from day one has been on jihad to destroy America. Of course, it's not just Barry Obama. It's all of the people in his administration and it's his globalist handlers. But getting back to the Friday the 13th, and I know I'm not superstitious. I don't believe in, you know, walking under ladders and, uh, you know, uh, black cats crossing my path and all that stuff. But as you aptly say, Doug, the Illuminists do believe in numerology. We know that numbers have significance in certain days. We just came out of April where there were a lot of very meaningful days, I think between the 19th and May 1st, uh, to these Luciferians that hold tremendous significance for them. And uh, I believe that the Friday the 13th, which was this past Friday's directive from the Obama administration, was very, very intentional. And essentially the goal uh, was to destroy uh, the, uh, any, any uh, biblical notion of human sexuality. So on June, I forget the date when Obergefell decision or opinion came down, which is not the law of the land, Doug. It's a court opinion which should have, be, should have been and should be ignored by every governor of every state in the country as the unconstitutional and immoral abomination that it is, along with Roe vs. Wade. And uh, that, that is, is, is what every state should have done. And the same for o, this Obergefell opinion, and when that came down, essentially, all every, every state in the country folded and accepted this false notion that marriage had been redefined and that gay marriage, quote-unquote gay marriage, was, quote-unquote, legalized, when, as we all know, nothing could be further from the truth. Because any law contrary to God's law is no law at all. Courts don't make law. Only legislators make law. And even if the legislator, even if the Congress had redefined or attempted to redefine marriage to accommodate same-sex marriage, it would still be immoral, unconstitutional, and illegal. Because any law or court opinion contrary to the divinely revealed word of God is no law at all. And that's not coming from Greg Jackson. That is coming from the Founding Fathers, from Blackstone, from Martin Luther King, from St. Augustine, from St. Aquinas, I mean, from Lex Rex, uh, Samuel Rutherford. This used to be common knowledge way back when, before people started communicating in 120-letter texts as their primary form of communication, when people spent more than five minutes reading an article trying to digest it. And so we were told, Joe and Doug, that when prayer in the Bible was taken out in 1963, oh, this won't—it's—it's it's not that big of a deal. Your kids are still going to be able to go to church. They're still going to be able to pray over their food. And then condoms were put on cucumbers, and then witchcraft began to be taught. The eight pillars of Islam 
recently recited in our public schools. And, and parents said, it's not a big deal. Johnny goes to Sunday school, and he's a good Christian, and we pay taxes after all. You know, that's where our property taxes go to pay for our public school. And then, you know, they told Coach Dave that he couldn't pray with his football team down on the, on the field. And for two years, he fought the ACLU as they sued him. And by the way, not one pastor called him in that entire two-year period of time to come to his defense. And then we, told, we were told that, uh, you know, there's going to be these LGBTQ whatever clubs at school. And uh, they're going to be, you know, holding their little forums. But your kids don't have to take part in it. But, you know, there's, there, there, we are going to celebrate diversity on campus. And there's not going to be any uh, sort of, uh, you know, persecution or, you know, the, we have to be tolerant of all sexual orientations. And now, as of Friday the 13th of last week, we're told that your 12-year-old boy or your 9-year-old boy can, can go and pee and poop and do his business. And, and by the way, the administrators aren't allowed to ask about their sexual identity. If, if little Johnny feels like a girl that day and, and wants to play with his pom-poms and go into the girls' room and shower with the girls with the 13-year-olds, and I'm sorry if I'm being so graphic, but people really need to hear... They really need to hear how real this is right now. Because for a long time, people thought, oh, well, yeah, just same-sex marriage. It's only, in, it's only in Massachusetts. It's only in Washington where those loony liberals live. And, oh, yeah, my kids go to Christian school, and, you know, same-sex marriage isn't going to affect my marriage or my business. Yeah, go tell that to the cake makers who, who were put out of business and have lost everything. I forget their name, the Kleins, in Portland, Oregon. So this is where we're at, Joe and Doug, because right now in all 50 states, and I know that some states are opting out and, or, or the, the attorney generals are saying we're not going to comply, but here's the bottom line. They'll fold. They'll fold because the rainbow jihadists know that Christians aren't willing to fight. We're just not. See, see, we're not willing to yeah. fight. Go ahead, that, guys. Okay, no, I just want to say this to those people listening and to you, Greg. You know, when I was doing, when I was working full-time as, as a licensed investigator, I, I walked in. I remember this one day clearly. It was one of the first times I walked into Attica Penitentiary. This was, and don't forget, Attica had the riots back in the 70s. The, the, the people in Attica worst of the worst but i walked in there and i remember this guard looking at me and saying just be careful because this guy is a psychopath i mean he was diagnosed as a psychopath and, and, and he went down the list of what this guy was capable of and what he had done and what his beliefs were even this is before psychological profiling by the FBI, by any behavioral analysis, at least the form, formality of it. But here's what gets me. I said all of that to just to lay, lay the foundation. I knew going in there who I was talking to and what his agenda was, which was just strictly evil, perverse evil, beyond any comprehension. You sit down across the kitchen table from a Christian or a self-professed Christian, Greg, you don't have that. You, you, 99% of the time, you don't really know where they stand. 
I knew what I was getting into when I walked in through the doors of Attica and I heard the, the, the door shut behind me to interview the guy in there the first time I went in there. But when you talk to Christians, at least there's a lot of them, you don't know. You, because they're too wimpy or, or they're too polluted mentally and spiritually to really form any cohesive stance. And to me, that's sad. And that's very telling of our generation of Christians. And I'm not talking about our audience, please. I'm not talking about you guys. I'm talking about those people who are refusing to take a stand or, or so, you know, are so comfortable with, with their Stockholm syndrome or, or brainwash that, uh, all right, I'm done. Go ahead. You know, hopefully in this hour, and I want to leave your, 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 your listeners at the end of the hour. And, and by the way, you got to listen to tomorrow's show with John Robertson and Patrick Flip Benham because they're going to cover this more in depth. But I do think that there's light at the end of the tunnel. And I think that there's, there's, there's a reason that God is allowing this. And I believe that we as Christians have a tremendous opportunity to be salt and light and not be trampled upon if we are willing to get off of our derrieres and not rest on our blessed assurance, if you guys know what I'm talking about. Because for a lot of Christians, Christianity is, like you say, it's, it's you know, banging out posts on Facebook, sitting on the couch and or, or listening to, you know, Hagman and Hagman or some of these other shows and listening and observing what is going on in the world, but never getting off of the bench and playing your position. And the Lord has called us. If you are a born again, Bible believing Christian, he has called you to get off of the bench, to seek his direction in your life and say, Lord, where do you want me to be for such a time as this? Because the bottom line, Joe and Doug, is that as scary and as dark as the times that we're living in are, as I said, every time that, that, that I'm on your show, these are some of the most exciting times probably in the history of the world, because I do believe that there's a good chance that we will be alive or are very close to the generation that will see the second coming of our Lord, Jesus Christ. And that, to me, is exciting. And you know what makes me the saddest, guys? What makes me the saddest is like that guy at Attica, right? Like you knew what you were dealing with. But what makes me sad are those who profess to be Christians, profess to have all this authority and power, but they never exercise it. They never get into the game. They just watch. You know, how many, I, what I would, I would love to know yesterday, being Sunday, how many church pastors in America talked about this issue? Cleared their plate and just said, hey, I know that many of you are thinking to yourselves, how should we respond? What should be our response as Christians to the directive that was issued from the White House Friday? And what I fear, Joe and Doug, what I fear is that most pastors didn't talk about it. Why? Because they fear man more than they fear God. They fear that some of their congregants, many of their congregants, send their kids to public schools and they don't want tithing to go down. They don't want to offend them. They don't want to talk about anything controversial. They want to keep it on 
how to have your best life now and the five steps for creating more time with your kids and all of these other things that even some of them might be important. But the bottom line is that we as Christians send our kids. I don't. Per- personally, I don't. I send my kid. I'm fortunate. I send my kid to a Christian school. But the bottom line is there are tens of millions of self-professing Christians that are sending their kids to these government-run schools. And I want to be as, je- as, as, as delicate and as gentle and as loving as possible. But I want to say this. If I were a pastor of a church yesterday, I would have said to my congregation, folks, Satan is in the schoolhouse. Satan is looking to kill, steal, and destroy. They're looking to tear your kids apart, to kill your kids, to take their soul and rip it out of their hearts. They're looking to send your kids to hell. They're looking to pervert every shred and iota of innocence that your children possess. Because uh, it was Charles Spurgeon who once said famously, when you remove the Holy Scriptures from the schoolhouse, they will become gates to hell. And folks, that's exactly what we're seeing right now. It's, you know, Columbine right down the street from me in Denver, Colorado. You know, we see the school shootings. We see the we see all the, the, the mayhem. We see police and armed guards at schoolhouses. We we see the fact that in commencement speeches, children, you know, kids who are valedictorian can talk about anything, but you can't name the name of Jesus, who's the Alpha and the Omega, the creator of the entire universe. We set our watches, our clocks by him, our calendars by him, but you can't say his name. You can talk about anything else, just don't mention the name of Jesus. You can even say God, but don't say Jesus. And folks, if you are sending your children to a public school, i got to tell you, I know it's May, and there's only a couple weeks left for school, but the building is on fire. There's, you don't wait it out a couple more weeks. This is just one man's opinion, Joe and Doug, and I know it's coming across a little bit harsh. And thank you for having me on and letting me share my heart. But if you are in sending your kids to public school, you got to get them out of there. Matter of fact, if I had been sending my kid to public school, I would have taken him out a long time ago because it's the only place in the world where your kid, where you could send your kids, where they're going to be intentionally deprived of hearing God's word or anything about Jesus. It's the only thing that can't be talked about in any public school in America. And maybe there's a couple of exceptions. I don't know. And I'm sure there's some good Christian teachers out there that try to do the right thing. And they try to encourage and, and allow their students to read the Bible. So I don't want to, you know, paint with too broad of a brush. But I will say this. If, there is, if, there is, if you love your kids, you have to realize this is a code blue moral and spiritual crisis. Not only are your kids going and being brainwashed in the religion of humanism, which teaches little Johnny that he's the center of the universe and can do no wrong and everyone's a winner and they come from slime and apes and uh, that there really is no uh, divinely uh, supreme revealed law or set of ethics. Everything is relative. Truth is relative. If it feels good, do it. Not only are they being taught that, not only are they being trained to be good little communists 
and good little boys and girls of the New World Order. But now, their, their very innocence, their sexual purity is being is being violated. Satan has taken off his glove. Obama has taken off his velvet glove and he's putting it right in your face. And he's saying, you Christians don't scare me. You guys are nothing but blather. You go to church on Sunday, but you send your kids to our little communist indoctrination centers, our Marxist madrasas, and you let us put condoms on cucumbers with them and tell them to experiment with sex and how great homosexuality is. We get to violate their innocence. We get to, we get to tell them everything that contradicts what you try to teach them in one and a half hours of Sunday school. And trust me, we have the upper hand because we got 40 hours with your kids. And guess what? They don't even take their books home anymore because everything's done on an iPad. So you don't even know half the stuff we're teaching them. And folks, that's the reality of the situation. And now, now all 50 states are allowed, by the way, it's totally immoral and unconstitutional, this joker clown, this, this, this uh, bathhouse Barry in the White House should be perp-walked in the prison. And if we actually had, uh, if, if we had civil magistrates that had any honor and integrity and fear of the Lord, they would be going to 1600 Transylvania Avenue or Pennsylvania Avenue, whatever you want to call it, and they would be, and they would, with military and armed guards, and they would be sending this guy back to Kenya, where he came from. Jihad Barry. But the bottom line is this, and I, and, and I'll turn it back to you guys, because I want to I want to hear you know your thoughts on this whole thing too, but the bottom line is this, guys. Now your children are in physical peril, physical peril, and if and if we as Christians don't reach out, you might be thinking, oh well, my kids in Christian school it doesn't really affect me. Oh yeah, it's gonna affect you guarantee it. And by the way, we're supposed to love our neighbor as ourselves. That means we love the kids who go to public school as well. And we love the parents enough to encourage them to take their kids out of these burning buildings that are being overrun by Satan. And now in all 50 states has policies that allow let me repeat this 9, 10, 11 year old boys can go into the bathroom with 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 year old girls. You don't have to be transgendered or, and by the way, it's a total oxymoron. You're either a, a chick or a dude. Either have the instrumentation of a male or a female. You can put lipstick on, but it doesn't make you a female. Bruce Jenner even knows that. And by the way, his name's Bruce. Stop calling him Caitlin. Bruce, if you're listening, your name is Bruce. Get a hold of yourself. <laughs> But the, the, the bottom line is this, folks. I'm, I'm, with three weeks or four weeks left to school, I'm, I'm encouraging you to really give some thought to, to, to making other plans for your kids, to take them out. Just like, Doug, what you're talking about, not flying whenever possible, not letting, letting these TSA goons molest you, not feeding the beast. Let us come out of Babylon. Let's come out of the Babylonian, quote-unquote, school systems which don't educate our children in biblical ethics and morality and how to be how to be uh, practice righteousness and and truth and justice in our lives 
and and I pray that you that, that that you would strongly consider taking your kids out and making other plans, either getting together with homeschool other homeschool parents. There's so many great curriculums online. I mean, at the very least, get them a copy of 40 Things to Teach Your Children and a Bible. They're going to learn more in the next, you know, three weeks of school than they probably learned for the last six, eight, ten years of being in school. Teach your kids God's Word. Get them involved. Give them the blessing of a biblical education. And pastors out there, Rick Wiles talked about this last week. If your church is not being used five or six days a week, open it up. Allow parents to come in and have Christian schools in your churches. Imagine, Joe and Doug, what this country would look like in a matter of a couple of years if Christians alone took their kids out of these Marxist madrasas, these satanic government New World Order indoctrination centers. And taught them God's word. You talk about wanting revival and and restoration and a new America, making America great again. Well, we should oppose TPP and, and, and maybe Trump has some good ideas to make America great again on the economic side. He's pretty good at that. But America can never be great unless she becomes good. And we only become good when we rededicate ourselves to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, whose son is Jesus Christ. This nation has no hope aside from Jesus. I'm going to turn it back to you guys because I'm... Amen. Amen. No, and folks, listen, I hope you'll listen carefully to what Greg said. You see, we, the Friday the 13th, the... the uh, Greg, what did you call? What was that? Uh, I don't want to misquote you. or, or That was the... Um, um, ordering the states. What was that? What's the official name of that? Well, it was you know it was a it was a uh, it was a directive, totally immoral, illegal, and unconstitutional by the attorney general, directing okay. yeah, right. that yeah. that all states all state schools at every level would be denied federal funding if they didn't comply with the new policy, which. Uh, basically requires all schools to allow those who self-identify as the opposite sex to use the, the opposite sex bathrooms as well as locker rooms. You know, this has nothing to do with transgender, like a, you know, I mean, look, Joe and Doug, let's be honest. Every school could install a unisex bathroom, right? Like a family uh, changing room, like they have at Target and other stores. If if that were really the issue uh, for the, you know, very, very infinitesimal number of self-described transgendered students in America. But that wasn't, that's not the goal. The goal is to violate your children's sexual purity, to endanger them, to create turmoil and chaos and destruction because Satan wants to kill, steal, and destroy your children. And I'm sorry if I'm being so blunt about it, but we do not wage against the flesh, but in the powers and principalities above. And and, and, and if we are so... uh, you know, heavenly minded, waiting to be raptured, that, you know, I think, you know, we, we run the risk of being no earthly good. 
And and we, you know, and, and I'm. By the way, I'm just going to just say I love the interview you had with Michael Snyder last week. Listeners, go back into the archives. Listen to Thursday's program with Michael. Is his name Michael Snyder? Doug. Yes. Yes. It was a phenomenal interview, and this rest of this hour isn't about biblical eschatology, but. I've heard him interviewed now twice. I haven't read his book yet, but I've heard his his, his reasoning, his line, his argument, and I do think it's important what we think about the end times because I think that there is a there's a false sense of security that those who think that oh this is never going to affect me, you know the little you know boy is going into the locker room. We're going to be raptured before it really gets bad. But read for yourself. You know, I'm not totally dogmatic about it, but I, I, I do believe that the Bible clear. I mean, look, I would believe in the pre-tribulation rapture if I actually saw one verse in the whole Bible that said that the church gets raptured before the tribulation. But Jesus says in Matthew 24, See that no one leads you astray, for many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and they will lead many astray, and you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not alarmed, for this must take place, but in the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All these things are the beginning of birth pains. Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and put you to death. And you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And then many will fall away and betray one another and hate one another. And many false prophets will arise and lead many astray. And because lawlessness will be increased, the love of many will grow cold. Sound like a maybe could be applied to 2016 in America, but the one who endures to the end will be saved. And the gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations. Then the end will come. Folks, there's only one second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, and it's after there is much, there's wars and rumors of wars, there's false prophets, there's an increase in lawlessness, it's marked by a, a love of many growing cold, it's by r- good being called evil and evil being called good. Folks, we are in those days. These are the days, I believe, that Jesus was talking about 2,000 years ago. He tells us when the end will come. We are in those days. For great tribulation, such as not been seen from the beginning of the world until now, nor will there ever, ever be. And if those days had not been cut short, no human being would be saved. But for the sake of the elect, those days will be cut short. Then if someone says to you, look, here is Christ, and there he is, do not believe it, for false Christ and false prophets will arise and perform great signs and wonders, so as to lead astray. Uh, if possible, even the elect. See, I have told you beforehand, so that if they say, look, here, here he is in the wilderness, do not go out. If they say, look, here he is in the inner rooms, do not believe it. For as the lightning comes from the east and shines as far as the west, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. <laughs> And immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened and the moon will give its light and the stars will fall from heaven and the powers of heavens will be shaken. Then will appear in heaven the sign of the Son of Man. And then all the tribes of the earth will mourn. And they will see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he will send out his angels with a loud trumpet call. And they will gather his elect from the four winds, from one end of heaven to the other. Folks, 
If you stand up for the Lord Jesus Christ, you are going to be persecuted. He said, if they killed him, they're going to persecute you. They're going to hate you. So if you're a Christian, you better pick up your cross and get used to it. It's not fun, but those are the days that we're living in, Joe and Doug. And, 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 and we could hide in our churches. The lines weren't clearly delineated right now. But there's really not that many places to hide anymore. No, no, not at all. No. There's not that many places to hide anymore, Joe and Doug. No, no, there isn't. And most people find, most people take comfort in attempting to hide behind certain things. I want to back up just a minute, um, because I I did, I did kind of prompt you about the, uh, Department of Justice, uh, Civil Rights Division about what you had said. Just to be clear, and, and I, and I, I just, I, I really, when you look at something with a critical mind, and, and you've got some scintilla of, of intellect, intellectual, uh, honesty, you, you look at something with, um, what happened on Friday was this. And just to be very clear, well, there, there was an article, um, that was published by the Young Conservatives. That now the Young Conservatives reported that Obama himself decreed that all American schools must make bathrooms transgendered. Now you had cleared this up for the most part. Um, the, the, the truth of the matter is, the Department of Justice and Education, their respective civil rights divisions, issued guidelines, and, and you're right, regulations, if you will, to schools about transgender. Students and Title IX. Now, I just again, I, I want to kind of back up here and, and, and really hit this hard because uh, websites like Snopes, for example, and people cite Snopes saying, "Well, you know, they're they're the be all and end all to what's false and what's true." Well, obviously, Snopes weighed in on this. The Soros-funded husband and wife trailer uh, team. Uh, uh, the reason I threw that in there is, well. Let me let me calm down here. What they said was this, okay, uh, or or what uh, you know they're saying. Well, that's not really true. It didn't happen that way. And, and uh, perhaps the Young Conservatives website overstated the case a tad. However, by reporting that Obama himself decreed that all American schools must make bathrooms tra- transgender or face lawsuits and potentially lose federal funding. Well, what's really true about that is. Obama did urge the uh, DOJ and the uh, DOE, Department of Justice and Department of Education, the latter, of course, being totally uh, communist, uh, communist oriented. Uh, but they did; he did uh, work with them to make this regulation and, and Title IX funding contingent state for states contingent upon. Um, uh, uh, and I want to be clear on this, uh, 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 making the language consistent, using terms like transgendered, okay? And what they did was this. They issued this uh, ruling, a joint statement, a joint letter of guidance. It detailed federal guidelines for gen- transgendered students for bathroom use and provided definitions for terms that don't even flippant exist. And I want to add that they they stated the guidance was just that a guidance it was not a law 
It oh, was not. Except we're going to spank you if you don't follow the guidance. So they made it a very distinctive point to say it was merely a guidance that they urged people uh, to follow. Well, was sc- schools that were informed that failure to accommodate, or schools were informed, I should say, that the failure to accommodate legally entitled students to necessary accommodations if they uh, adhere to the uh, thinking, uh, hey, I'm a girl and I'm a guy, or you know, I'm a, I'm a whatever, um, that it would constitute violations of the obligations of federally, fund, federally funded schools. Now that is true. So I guess what what I'm really wanting to say was the restaurant rooms, the locker rooms, the uh, which everything you mentioned is in there. Um, the the assertions that these transgender students could neither be denied bathroom access nor segregated, and them say, citing, citing that this is a civil rights issue uh, pursuant to Title IX. My goodness. You know, you are absolutely correct, and, and you were one of the first persons that really made me understand Title IX, and thank you for that. Uh, but Title IX has nothing to do the civil rights issues of, of all this has nothing to do with this. But see, they're changing our language. And, and then one more thing, and I'm going to turn it back to you. What we're seeing right now is, and I think this is so important, we are seeing the perceived power of the state in our lives. Greg and ladies and gentlemen, what we're soon to see, going from the perceived power of the state, what we're soon to see is the actual violence of the state against its own people. That's where this is leading. Go ahead, sir. You know, Title IX is a whole different thing because even to- Title IX is is totally immoral and unconstitutional, but we don't want to go down that rabbit trail. But you make a very valid point. The bottom line is that this administration and its Republican enablers, who will fully fund and not fight any of this stuff, just like they... We'll fully fund Planned Parenthood. There won't be any hearings on the sales of aborted baby parts. The bottom line is that when you take God, and Paul McGuire talked about this on Friday, when you remove the transcendent moral authority of the scriptures in a society, either the God of the Bible is is God or government becomes God. And when government becomes God, tyranny is always the result. And this is what we are seeing in our country, is that we've had a couple of generations of God's Word being diluted, uh, being distorted, being twisted, not uh, of, of at least you know one or two, if not three generations of unchurched, undiscipled Americans millions of whom grew up going to the government indoctrination centers and now we're bearing the fruit unfortunately of just allowing a little bit of sin remember Jesus says he says a little leaven spoils the entire loaf just a little bit of sin this is why on Passover Jews traditionally remove all of the leavened products from their cabinets as a symbolic way uh, to to demonstrate to God as a sacrificial act as a ceremonial ritualistic act that they're removing the sin from their life and that's why Jews eat matzah for seven days of 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 the Passover Leading up until uh, the, leading up until Passover, excuse me, 
and the, and the, the Last Supper, the Passover Seder. And so abortion, for example, started in the state of Mississippi, as Flip Benham uh, has said on, on your show. And, and it started with, remember what the argument was, Joe and Doug? It's only going to be in rare cases of rape, right? And then it was rape and incest and the, and the health of the mother. It's only going to be these few cases that we're going to allow. And then it became, it's only going to be in the first trimester. And then it's abortion on demand, which leads to eight years of, of Republicans fully funding Planned Parenthood and the sale of baby body parts, abortion on demand, to the tune of 1.5 million babies a year being butchered in abortuaries across the country. And thank you for reading the three uh, uh, procedures that are done, the abortion procedures, Doug. I think that that was... I, I was glad that you did that because people really need to have the reality of what an abortion procedure actually looks like. It's gruesome. And yet we know that a little leaven leavens the whole lump. That's why Jesus said, don't intentionally permit sin in your life. Keep your house clean. And for 300 years of American history, even predating our founding, why were we the most blessed nation on earth? Because for the most part, we weren't a perfect nation, but we knew right from wrong. We knew God's word, and our society reflected that. We didn't allow the intentional killing of babies. We didn't parade around homosexual sodomy in the streets and lesbianism and all sorts of perversity and call it a right, a civil rights uh, issue. I'm sure black people who fought, who had to sit in the back of the, uh, the bus and fought for their right to become uh, more than three-fifths of a person uh, really appreciate being compared to a homosexual sodomite who chooses to engage in sodomy and was not born that way. I'm sure they really appreciate that, that totally bogus comparison. But the bottom line is, Joe and Doug, that when the church started to say that it was okay, and we talked about this last week on your show, the church talked about uh, equality between males and females. They watered down the scriptures. The Bible doesn't talk about egalitarianism, that males and females are equal. Obviously, God loves males and females equally in the, in the eyes of the Lord, but we have different roles based on our sexual, uh, whether we're male or female. God, Christ is the head of the church, and he's called male to be the head of the family, the priest of the home, the head of his wife. He's called males in Ephesians chapter uh, 5 to, to sacrifice and to, uh, uh, for their wives, even to the point of death. He's called women to be the helper of their husbands, the encourager of their husbands. Eve was Adam's helper. And yet we've had a generation that is taught not complementarianism, which is what the Bible teaches, but egalitarianism. And so then the, the church has allowed women pastors to teach men, which the Bible specifically prohibits. And I'm sorry, don't you know, times have changed, Greg. Oh, time. Well, yeah, but God's word hasn't changed. Women make incredible teachers of other women and of children, but they're strictly prohibited 
by the scriptures for teaching men, for being pastors. And yet, unfortunately, we turned a blind eye to the uh, roles that God instituted himself and ordained and defined. And unfortunately... But, but, but for, Greg, Greg, let, yeah, let me ask you something, though. Isn't the reason... See, I look at this, and I look at my wife, and, and we have what I would term a biblical marriage and relationship. Mm-hmm. She knows her place. I'm sorry. She knows her place, and I know my place. I know that I've got to I've gotta, uh, be the head of the family. And if I fail to be the head of the family, what happens? She has to step up and be the head of the family. Is this not what we're seeing in the church and in the communities, where you've got women who see this vacuum that that is present by the by the male who, who has absolutely been AWOL and failed and says I'm not gonna you know I'm I'm gonna uh, I'm just gonna I'm gonna play my Xbox and, and just sit here play my Xbox maybe take a pop a few uh, you know Klaudipins and or whatever you you take and uh, um hey just chill for a while or smoke by you know roll up a fatty here and uh you know I'll, I'll let the I'll let the wife do all the hard stuff but see I just see this as being a total failure on the part of men because when yes. I although although I do uh, uh, I'm the head of my family my wife I I elevate her to a position not of worship but of I cherish my wife, okay? I treat her like she should be treated, like the, the jewel that she is. And that's what a real man does. Absent Absolutely. of that. Absolutely. Okay? Absent of that. And you talk about this in your upcoming book. Oh, man. But go ahead. Well, yeah, no, I mean... Look, if you if we we can point the finger at the liberals about Obama and Pelosi and all the the, the liberals, or we can take a look at what is happening in our culture in our society, women being or men being allowed to go in the girl, girls' restrooms and, and and locker rooms. We can talk about the sale of baby body parts, and and at the end of the day, Doug, it's a, you hit the nail on the head. It is the failure. Especially, judgment begins in the house of the Lord. It is the failure of Christian men to stand up and say something with whatever platform God gives them to do something, to take action. We've, we've, we've tolerated just little lumps of that leaven and then increasing lumps. Oh, it's just going to be a couple babies. You know, we're going to save 99, but we have to agree to sacrifice the one to the state. And now we've sacrificed our children for the past 50 years at the altar of political correctness, of convenience, and it's become an idol. Well, we pay for it after all. And, you know, they do say the Pledge of Allegiance, and little Johnny still does go to church. Well, now boys and girls are allowed to pee and poop and shower together. If you're not getting it by now, when will, what would it take? I'm asking you individually, if you were a Christian man, head of your household, and your wife is looking to you to be a man and to be the head priest of your home and to take action, what would it take for you to take your children out of that demon-possessed, demon-inhabited, public school that your kids go to where Jesus is not allowed to be mentioned, God's word is not allowed to be read, and where now your your 12 or 13 year old girl can now have a boy come in and shower with her in 
the gym uh, changing area in the locker room, what would it take? If that's not the cherry on top, what would it take? Would, it, would the principal have to come in and molest your, your daughter? What would it take? And I think that that's really fundamentally, Joe and Doug, this is such an opportunity for the church to take a stand, for pastors, for, 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 uh, for fathers to say, not, you're not going to do that with my little boy or girl. No way. This is this is the this is the this is the this is the final line. I'm taking my kid out tomorrow. This is not going to happen under my watch because I'm responsible for my child's upbringing and the making and training them up in the way a child should go and to teach them righteousness. And I'm not going to put my kid in harm's way. What would our nation look like if pastors next Sunday, 400,000 Christian pastors in America spoke out against this and didn't just call for conservative reform of public schools because you're not going to put new wine in old wineskins. You've got to get your kids out of these godless, atheistic government schools where they're perverting your child's mind and now they're putting their physical well-being at risk. What would our nation look like if pastors and parents came along side by side and they say, this is the year 2016. We're going to do whatever it takes to educate our kids together, parents together with pastors, church communities, and we're going to say, this is the final straw. You can have our tax money, give to Caesar what is Caesar's, but your kids are not Caesar's. Maybe you got to pay tax to Caesar, but you render to Caesar what is Caesar and to God's what is God's. And those children are a gift from God that he knitted in the womb, Psalm 139. He knit those children in your womb and he gave you responsibility. And I'm sorry if I'm sounding harsh, Joe and Doug, but this is a, this is a code blue situation. And I'm praying that this doesn't just, you know, kind of become another news story that's forgotten in a week. This is an opportunity at the end of the school year for Christians. Go in prayer. Ask what the Lord would have you do. Because this is an incredible opportunity to raise up a generation in righteousness and teach them the scriptures and do what we should have done a long time ago and get our kids out of there. What do you guys think? I think you're... Roger that. Yeah, you're dead on. Uh, Unfortunately, you know, the the way they split the family up, making uh, most families, both parents work, it's hard for people to homeschool. But at the same time, I think people need to make that a priority in the lives of their families. You know, it's not, I mean, unless you need both those jobs to pay the bills, um, it's more important for a parent to, to stay home and make time for their Just your budget. Yeah. Hey, let me make one more plea. Grandma and Grandpa, if you're listening and you got kids, you got grandkids, but the kids work, and they can't do exactly what you were saying, Joe. They're busy. They can't do it. If you're retired, step up. We have Grandpa teaching English on Monday. Grandma teaches the Bible on Tuesday. Grandpa teaches whatever, zoology on Wednesday. Hmm. Imagine imagine well, all of our, our baby boomer, or our, our, our elderly uh, population that is retired, if they got involved and they became, and, Greg, we're and how much break, wisdom buddy. they have. Greg, God bless you, brother. We got we got to run. 
town or it's the same way ever again. Stained by Blood, a murder investigation based upon a true story by private investigator Douglas J. Hagman. Using the character Mark Stiles, Hagman takes you on a journey behind the scenes where the homicide becomes a secondary to an underworld of satanic ritual abuse, child abduction, and even mind-controlled experimentation. A world dismissed as conspiracy by those who want to keep its secrets hidden, exposing the dangers, denials, and deceptions. For five years, a brutal killer remained on the loose, free to kill again. As Mark struggles to navigate the maze of bizarre twists and untangle a web of deeply hidden secrets kept by some of the most powerful and influential people in his community and beyond. You may never look at your city, town, or its people the same way ever again. Stained by Blood. Order your copy of this engaging novel today at HagmanandHagman.com and click on the link. Stained by Blood. back, ladies and gentlemen, to this hour of the Hagman and Hagman Report. This hour we're going to be talking about several important news items that are uh, really taking place around the world, including but not limited to Venezuela. Before we get to that, I'm going to mention that uh, tonight's broadcast brought to you by healthmasters.com. Healthmasters.com. Go to Healthmasters. There you'll find an array of products. Uh, just sign up for the newsletter. Ted Brower is going to be on with us going over current events this coming Friday. Uh, also, AmericanSurvivalWholesale.com. That's AmericanSurvivalWholesale.com. By the way, did did everyone get a chance to uh, get a hold of Joe Charles' music? Boy, is that great or what? Go to, uh, go to our website there. You can click on the link to Joe Charles, his website. The music of Joe Charles, fantastic. Um, I also want to throw in a special mention to Brad and Megan Hopp. Folks, do you have a need? Or maybe you've got a small business. Maybe you have a, just a need for business cards or, I don't know, maybe a family reunion coming up this summer. And you want, you, you want to do something special for the family reunion, like imprint your your family crest or name, whatever, on, on water bottles or whatever. Uh, tell you who to go to. Go to Safeguard Midwest slash Hagman. That's Safeguard Midwest slash Hagman. It's... Uh, they, 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 they're, they're Christian, it's a Christian owned company and they're really great at what they do in terms, well they do everything from business cards, um, if you have a need, whatever your need might be for items of this type, uh, family reunions, if you're a small business owner, they can help you with, uh, promotional items. That's a Safeguard Midwest slash Hagman. So, before we get into, um, Venezuela. I, I want to mention too, just to kind of bring things together a little bit. I was talking about Russ, and we were talking about, uh, of course, the first hour, the homosexual agenda, along with the uh, abortion, the infanticide, the charnel houses, that agenda, and how they're tied at the hip. One of the common threads that, that we see running through this is, uh, is of course, the the demonic nature of both. Now, if you can take the the communist structure 
and uh, the agenda of the communists. Now, now, Greg Jackson, during hour number two, talked about all of this and how really our, our schools are in, indoctrination centers, the public schools are indoc- indoctrination centers for communism. We know that. But one thing that people really, I think, really need to understand is the demonic and, and spiritual fight that we're fighting here. Because when, when you talk about, for example, abortion, you're, you're also talking about the... There is a level of satisfaction, if not playing into the satanic ritual of uh, child sacrifice, sacrificing the Moloch. And if you if you understand, if you if you heard these, you're not going to get the you're not going to get this from the sanitized description descriptions of the various abortion types. But if you understand what these abortions really, do, you know what they are, and and, and to, I'm sure to the dismay of people like Patton Oswalt, the comedian, and Samantha B, the the wannabe comedian. Neither neither one are funny, and certainly neither one are funny when it comes to this topic. But what it really comes down to is what really happens in these in these places, and, and the demonic nature of all this, and the satanic nature of all this. Because we, you know, we're repulsed by people like Jeffrey Dahmer. We're repulsed by Son of Sam. We're repulsed by, oh, I don't know, the McMartin scandal. We'll stay with the murders, but, you know, in this case, I'm talking about abortion and Jeffrey Dahmer cannibalizing the victims and skinning them alive and chopping them up and all that. Of course, we're repulsed by that, right? Well, the fact of the matter is, that's what's taking place every day, 3,000 times a day here in the United States. Yeah, Yeah. with the abortions and the... You know, the transgender issue is, uh, and the homosexual marriage issue is, is something we need to look at because this is something that the government's, uh, really created a problem where there wasn't one. The media, as their lapdogs, picked up on it and made it a national issue. Uh-huh. And during the break, I was thinking about the TSA issues we see. And, and this will tie back together if you just give me a second. Oh, that's good. Let's see where you're going. Go ahead. Why in the last few days or in the last few weeks have we seen such an increase in the wait times and the amount of people missing their flights due to TSA? Is it because of increased travelers? Mm-hmm. How come we haven't seen these in the last few yeah, summers well. since the TSA? Is this another created problem. Yes, it is. And I just learned that there's a funding bill. Oh, boy. That's uh, being looked at by the Congress, by the Senate, yet to be passed. Is this their way of asking for more money? Or saying, hey, you know, we need to hire a a bunch more people. Because look, look at these people missing their flights. Look at this problem we have at the airport all of a sudden. That's, you're, you're precisely right. I mean, there's a reason for this, don't you agree? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> the increased population we see here in America is due to immigration, illegal immigration for the most part, of people who've been brought in here. Either Alien as, invasion. Yeah. And they're not the ones on the planes, uh, you know, flying around, as you see from a lot of the the footage and pictures on, on Drudge of, of these long lines. We're seeing that we're seeing the power of the state being exerted here, the power of the federal government being exerted right. in order to squash the power of the states. 
Well, okay, and then let's we say bring it back to the, the power of the yeah the transgender issue, where the the federal government is th- threatening to withhold federal funding. Well, Greg made a point during the last hour of how I believe he said he mentioned how we pay taxes. Uh, each individual pays, you know, when they own a house or uh, have a mortgage, they pay uh, property tax, they pay school tax. Yep. Do we need funding from the federal? I mean, how much of this is the federal government creating the problem to force states into their agenda? Oh, I, I that's a great point. I mean, that, that's the point I was trying to make. Yeah, and I think that that's a very, very salient point as well. I mean, I, I think that's you hit that right on the head. Um, we have to look behind the curtain. We, and I keep going back to this. Uh, and, and my apologies, but but that Patton Oswalt, uh, you know, him dressing up as a ma- magician and, and so you and, like the show King of Queens. Well, you I, were uh, disappointed uh, at him, huh? Because he... no, I I don't care actually. <laughs> I, I guess I guess what really really struck me, what really struck me with this is is the hubris, yeah. and, and and we're talking about the lives of of, of unborn children, and they make and, jokes and, of it, yeah. and, and those who stand that just up for those me. unborn children like. Right, they are the the crazy ones. They are the evil ones. They are the the misguided. Right, and, and coupled with the fact that you have some self professed Christian acting as this inspector generalist, <laughs> sorry, and saying, "Oh my goodness, well, you know, uh, the Center for Medical Progress, that man, he misrepresented himself. How can he be a Christian?" Meaning David Delayden and the Center for Medical Progress going in and getting the evidence of this butchery. Well, let's turn this around. Let's say there was a pastor that was um, molesting and abusing kids during his Sunday school class. Right. What if there was a uh, person who posed as a Christian to get into the class to expose the crimes of the pastor? Well, you know, no. In, in, I mean, in the world of these Christians, including this, I, 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 I don't more Christian like than the pastor. Oh, absolutely, because he's not. He's not. You know, he's not misrepresenting himself. Well, he would be as a Christian. Say he wasn't a Christian, misrepresenting oh, himself okay, as a Christian okay. to get in yeah. there and expose these. Well, the, no, no. See, um, yeah, no. That, no, you, you can't. No, you can't do that because. I mean, would he be attacked for not being a Christian and misrepresenting himself as a Christian, or I'm, would the pastor be the one I, who I would be attacked? I, in, their, for, in, in their little mindless, uh, twisted, convoluted world, I don't know. But I can tell you this: I mean, it is when, twisted. That's what we're when, trying to figure out. Yeah, the mentality. I, I mean, when the when the argument be, when the argument becomes, how dare or you know, it's a shame. In, in fact. Uh, uh, this the email I got, and uh, and again, the reason I'm mentioning this is not uh, not because of this one individual, because I could care less. Okay, I mean this person, uh, like I said, I'd scrape this person off the, off the bottom of my shoe. Um, but uh, what what bothers me the most is how Christians, some Christians, think about this when they say, "Well, wait a minute," you know, and, and they. And they attack the messenger. Well, yeah. The, the, in, it, uh, in reference, okay. Um, in in one of this, and I happen just to read this drivel, this uh, mindless, intellectually bankrupt drivel. Like I'm not going to get my ten minutes of my life back. But anyway, um, but, but when when you look at this, how they're saying, well. Um, the concept of a journalistic sting operation was addressed. The editorialist for this one website 
um, states that according, uh, let's see here, uh, even the FBI sting operations follow strict, strict ground rules laid down over the years by departmental instructions and rulings of the judiciary. Four <laughs> such major rules are, I mean, you, you know the you FBI see, undercovers, see. police undercovers are allowed to do drugs, are allowed to lie, are allowed to kill and commit you know, it's ridiculous. I mean, this it's the, obvious this person has, look, has no common sense. This is the same people, same kind of people who attacked Paul McGuire. Oh, yeah. For having a P.O. box as a church oh, because he holds, his, he holds his church meetings at different venues. Oh, yeah. You can't do that. See, I mean, because oh, I'm, I'm holier than thou. Okay. <laughs> Forget but, the fact that he's bringing people uh, to Christ and he's offering a message of salvation and truth, speaking oh, up yeah, it's and standing wrong up do for it. the church. Yeah. Because he doesn't have an actual, uh, you know, uh, church building with the same address. Uh, instead, he gathers people in different, you know, parts of the city in different uh, venues that he can um, yeah. rent out Shame. and maintain. And he, and he registers people can go for free just because it's not a uh, the same address. It's not a church, and he's a fraud. Well, I mean, it, it, it just, it's just the uh, see, and all of this kind of comes together, Joe. It's decisive uh, ta- tactics of division, right? Right, and, and this is exactly what what the enemies of Christianity. Uh, I mean, when you talk about playing into our enemies' hands. Okay, this is exactly what what is taking place here, and this again, this is while the individual. That wrote that blog post is to me nothing, nothing more than again, you know, some sort of foreign substance on the bottom of my shoe that I would scrape off before I even thought about entering into a into a barn for crying out loud. Uh, that concept, that ideology, is to me important because there are a lot of Christians who are saying, "Well, gee, you know." Um, yeah, maybe maybe we shouldn't go out and protest. Maybe we we don't want to get in trouble with with the with the law. Uh, okay, it makes absolutely no sense. We have to stand up, stand up. And, and, and this guy, this Dennis guy, okay. Hey, hey you know what? I, I just I, I just want to say this. I um, I'll tell you what, Dennis. S- stop emailing me. All right, because a hundred times a day. Uh, you know, first of all, you can't even form a coherent sentence, and second of all, if, if that's the kind of Christian you want to be, then get the hell out of my my living room and stop listening to me. All right. And third of all, this just goes for people in general. The content of an email should be not in the subject line. Yeah, don't write a paragraph in the subject line and think you're. And that's not to you, Greg. Bad. Greg Jackson. I saw your email yesterday. Uh-huh. That was just in the subject line. All right. <laughs> you know, it, it's just amazing because the closer we get to Event Horizons, and folks, I urge everyone to, to look down and, or look out to uh, Venezuela. Venezuela was once a very prosperous yeah. country. Go uh, ahead. Since I learned the earth was flat, I can see Venezuela from my roof. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's a joke. Wow. <laughs> you know something? I better look out to the all, all four corners and perhaps I could see the the pillars. No, the pillars are underneath. Oh, underneath? Yeah. So I'd have to, like, they hold, they hold bend the over. Butt. I'm afraid to bend over. <laughs> mo- you know, I just had to throw that me. joke in there. And it, and that, was, that was a good one. Flat that was a good one, man. Yeah. Well, you know, with all that we're seeing today... Um, Oh, you know, one more thing before we get back to that, or before we get to uh, Venezuela. When we're talking about demons and we're talking about 
we're, we're talking about things take place here in terms of uh, abortion and, and, and homosexuality, closely related to pedophilia, closely related to abductions and human trafficking. Human trafficking right now is at an all-time high. Mm-hmm. Uh, so are satanic ritual abuse crimes, which the FBI, by the way, says don't exist. On uh, at, at least another in note, behavioral analysis with the FBI, it's come out that the FBI is enrolling church leaders, social workers, and community leaders to spy on citizens. Pay the attention. FBI is expanding their operation and looking to enlist religious leaders, social workers, mental health professionals, and leaders in communities in order to prevent terrorism. <laughs> the North Jersey Record reports the plan yes. is to establish a network of shared responsibility communities, or SRCs, across America that would keep an eye out for potential rabble-rousers. And, and, a four-page FBI letter. I think. Go ahead. <laughs> no, the FBI issued a four-page uh, letter which states the primary goal of an RSC intervention is disengagement. And the FBI's primary primary objectives in referring an individual to the SRC are to enable community partners to develop community-led multidisciplinary solutions and to build community resilience and foster greater community trust while fulfilling the FBI's national security and public safety responsibilities. Sounds like a page right out of the Sustainable Development UN agenda. Oh, it, it, it is, because who's running the FBI? The uh, Justice Department, basically. The Attorney General's office. Hillary Clinton. Well, in a sense. But when you look at uh, the FBI as a uh, police agency, we're, we're seeing the federalization of police forces. We're seeing the FBI um, being compromised to a large extent, but we're seeing them also via the Department of Justice go into churches, go into schools. And this is what I'm talking about. This is exactly what I'm talking about. Oh, and there, I mean, this article, I'm not to interrupt you. Is, no, this is good. That was the first part of it. The second part of it is once they uh, identify individuals who pose a potential threat or have a belief system that they deem unsatisfactory, they uh, what they do is it's a re-education process. Uh, they call it rehabilitation. But the FBI intends to identify individuals who need rehabilitation. Local police forces across America are acquiring real-time crime centers, which use citizen ranking systems that compile data from social media, smartphones, from pizza delivery personnel to your pastors to compute your threat score. They've also adopted a $1 billion next-generation identification project, which creates a treasure trove of biometric this is pre-crime stuff. And, and I used to like, what was that show? Um, um, There's Criminal a, Minds. Okay. I used to like that show. About where, the FBI behavioral Behavioral profile. analysis, yeah. right. Okay, now, what, what, when, I, when I looked at it more critically, I, I saw, number one, that they, they had a couple of shows where they... Very they liberal. Well, very much so, but they poo-pooed, for example, uh, satanic ritual abuse and also repressed oh, yeah. memory syndrome. They That's attacked. They, they attacked. said there was no uh, satanic ritual murders right. evidence in FBI history. So, so correct. Now, I'm not one to watch like Family Guy or, or those animated shows uh, where supposedly, allegedly, like uh, uh, hints of 9/11 uh, or attacks were made. I, I, I understand that, but. 
more intellectual shows like, for example, uh, Criminal Minds, where there's this pre-programming done or programming of the language and then of, of concepts like satanic ritual abuse. And the reason I bring this up is because now you're seeing the FBI, and, and the, for example, the, the, the FBI does have uh, profilers. Of course, John Douglas was one of the first uh, uh, FBI profilers. Uh, the opportunity to listen to him for uh, for a while, I'm not sure how many people know John Douglas, the FBI profiler, but he was one of the first that that actually did profiles. But he, it, to, to what you're seeing is this, um, and I guess it kind of went out went out too far to the left there. But no. you're seeing the FBI being used as a tool to formulate uh, a society, uh, an opinion, and, and of a mental um, mindset, I suppose. And we are, we, we are growing up, you're, you're, you're taught to trust the FBI. The FBI is good under, you know, very strong. And, and they were, of course, it was all propaganda under Hoover and Nixon and others, but, um, I'm getting, again, I'm getting too far out there. But one thing I do want to make mention is they will not talk about, for example, the, um, the murders that, that we see that Russ talks about. And Russ talked about, in fact, when he was listening to last week's show, just like uh, the FBI says, you know, uh, satanic ritual deaths don't occur. It's like it, the same way do. we said the mafia didn't exist. Exactly. Thank you. Yeah, Russ Dizdar, um, I had the chance to talk with him at that length in the past, and we talked about uh, his work with Catherine Menendez and Sarah Bame, the murders there, not with them, but the murders. Uh, they were found, I believe it was 19 or uh, 2004. I'm not sure. Anyway, there are two women, or two young girls, I'm sorry, not two women, uh, two young girls that went missing. Um, let me see here. Uh, they, went, uh, I, they went missing a while ago, but but one was from Pittsburgh area, Rochester, Pennsylvania, to be exact. The other one was from Akron. And they were both found by the reservoir in uh, near Akron, Ohio. And um, the reason I bring them up is because these cold cases show do show a victimology that do that do and that does indicate uh, a child abduction, human trafficking, which is closely related to the perversion of our sexuality and closely related to abortions and so on. But this brings in the FBI that you mentioned about you know changing the uh, thought pattern, and uh, uh, now. As, as Russ talks about, the, and then we're going to move to Venezuela, but as Russ talks about this, we're seeing a lot of these crimes, these the viciousness of crimes, where you see the, the guy eating the other guy's face off in Miami, and they blamed it on, what, bath salts or something? Yeah, only to find okay. out there were none in right. the system. You're seeing some hideous crimes that are on the rise. And, and ladies, okay, families, if you're listening to me, please do something for me, please. Do a, do a security assessment of your home. Everyone listening to this program, if you live alone, do, look at your windows, your doors, your, your egresses and ingresses, and, and, and look at look at how you're living. Please, please, please start taking your 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 security, perimeter security, your home security more seriously. Um, you're going to see the, the violence rising. You're going to see things like, for example, in Venezuela, we're, we're getting to in a moment, you're going to see that coming to America. Or any various other places in the West, but please take your 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 security seriously. And when you're out, if you have children, please advise them 
to be extremely careful. Because we're also seeing, in addition to the SRAs and, and such, we're also seeing uh, really third and fourth generation of multiples, as Russ talks about, and uh, people who are engaged in or victims of mind control. And I say that because it's important. We're seeing this is all part and parcel to what's coming. Um, the chaos that we're seeing today is being fueled in part by some of these people who were trained or were uh, indoctrinated in mind control. And just to give you an idea, just a little flavor, and we're, we'll talk about this later on in the week, but folks, um, a victim of mind control or an operative of mind control, they undergo this uh, intense series if you, of uh, uh, programming. MKUltra is just the tip of the iceberg, but um, Alpha programming, for example, which is a basic level of mind control programming. Beta, which is um, a reprogram of your sexual, uh, of a person's sexuality. Isn't that interesting? But, uh, for example, uh, a victim of mind control may be uh, uh, programmed under beta and have a beta command given to them to act, for example, to, to provide sexual favors or to provide sexual perversions to others. Delta, for example, uh, uh, self-destruction killers, or I'm sorry, uh, not not uh, self-destruction, but uh, Delta is the uh, the killer programming. Um, sometimes it does overlap into self-harm, which is more which is more Omega. That's yeah, Omega command. Then you've got Gamma, which is um, a, a, a deception, a programming deception. And theta is very interesting. Psychic killers. Think about that. Think about that for a second. Psychic killers. And there's a lot of that going, going on. A lot of testing of that going on. But uh, we also the rising of religions or pagan religions, not religions, but pagan religions. For example, one thing that's getting uh, rising is a perversion of the Palo-Mayombi religion. Um, uh, we, we don't have time to get into that tonight, but I just want everyone to to know that what we're seeing today, the rising of these, of these heinous crimes and the sex trafficking, is very much related to the abortion industry, very much related to the uh, child trafficking, the kidnapping of children, the abuse of children, uh, very much related to the, the uh, high people in power um, that were in power now and were in power. And it spans across not only politicians, but business owners, huge business owners. Look at Jeffrey Epstein, his uh, Lolita Express. Have you been following that? No. Jeffrey Epstein. Of course, uh, allegedly, Je- Jeffrey, uh, Lolita Express. Folks, What's just that? do a search on Jeffrey Epstein, Lolita Express. You'll find that many of today's rich and powerful, including but not limited to Bill William Jefferson Clinton, had uh, taken advantage of the Lolita Express. What this was is a plane. Now, Jeffrey Epstein is a uh, power broker in D.C., and, of course, he owns his own 72-acre island and he has the 727 Is this where Clinton, yeah, he was yeah, a pedophile? Yeah. This yeah, guy was, yeah, and Clinton yeah. was found yeah. taking over 10 trips yeah. to yeah. this. Uh, yeah, the, this is... You, you 26 see, trips, I'm sorry. Right. Clinton. 
this is not uh, again this is not a small story this is a huge story but this this story also overlaps into many things that we're we're see, we're seeing if you investigate if you start turning over rocks you're going to see that not only are we talking about in this country and in the west the CIA trafficking in arms trafficking in drugs but one of the big trafficking aspects is human trafficking and the trafficking of children and a lot of these stories don't end well a lot of them end in the death the murder of these young young children underage yeah and our and our and, and especially this, involved with the political arena right. you know look at the dc madam who yes. ran a prostitution scandal yes. she yes. was killed suicided even after admitting she would never commit suicide she had a black book that you know, would have been able to bribe, uh, if not put away most of the uh, popular politicians. But this her attorney has that now, and her. And yeah, I, they kept promising a release, yeah. and and they haven't done it yet. So I was wondering about that. But this, when you you said search the Jeffrey Jeffrey Epstein, now I read a little bit about this earlier today. I didn't really know what it was, but Morning Joe apparently talked about it and said Clinton's connection with the billionaire pedophile Jeffrey Epstein will blow up the campaign. A panel on Monday's MSNBC broadcast of Morning Joe discussed former president and Democratic presidential frontrunner Hillary Clinton's husband, uh, former president Bill Clinton's relationship with billionaire convicted sex offender Jeffrey Epstein. Right. According to right. Morning Joe host Joe Scarborough, he heard the story on the on the relationship will blow up. I will say this was a blind spot for me because I'm not in New York circles, said Scarborough. This is something I've been hearing about for a year and a half. I don't know the whole story or anything, but I keep having reporters say this is going to blow up. Um, I mean, getting incredibly ugly for the Clintons. Well, uh, yeah. So... Uh, more to come on this. Well, well, yes. Do some investigations. Yes. Uh, um, it says in some cases the facts will be uncomfortable for the Clintons. That from Bloomberg's Mark Halpern. Uh, later chimed in the Clinton folks understand now better than they did before that this is a different kind of opponent that they've ever run against anybody like this before. Don't know if they're talking about Trump there or. Well, it's dangerous when you start when you start asking or start probing into these things. It gets a little bit dangerous. You mentioned DC Madam, but a little bit more. You, know, you mentioned also mentioned Joe Scarborough. Now, um, I, I just want to tell people that back in 2010, <laughs> the um, uh, Marcos, uh, uh, I can't remember his last name, that the or the, the the founder of Daily Coast blog it was a regular guest on MSNBC, where Joe Scarborough was. Was uh, uh, Joe Scarborough, for, former congressman out of Florida, right? right. Uh, dead staffer found. Yeah, his and, and that, that's, that's, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, the in 2010, uh, uh, Marcos found himself blacklisted from MS, MSNBC. Well, what did he do? He mentioned, for example, on Twitter the strange, very sad story about Lori Klusudis. She was the intern. Yeah. Right. But in 2010, uh, Marcos uh, said something to, to Joe Scarborough. He says, hey, what about that dead intern who was found in your office, uh, morning Joe when you were a Republican congressman? <laughs> yeah. And well, you know, uh, Joe didn't take too kindly to that and 
ban- blacklisted uh, Marcus, the uh, founder of Daily Coast, from his program and from basically from uh, uh, from media. Now, if you go, uh, uh, it, 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 people ask me, well, what, what the heck's going on here? Uh, July nineteenth, two thousand and one. Um, is is when there were a couple of people looking for an assistance in an immigration case. They open the door to Scarborough's district office. They find this grisly scene. Lori Klazudis is lying behind a desk. She was 28 years old. She was working for Scarborough. She was found dead. Preliminary findings from the ME, however, showed no foul play or outward indication of suicide. She was just dead. I mean, dead dead interns just happen, or dead workers just happen. Um, now, I'll just give the other side of this. The ME, about a month later, said that Klazudis had been feeling unwell, had died of heart problems after, or had died after her heart problems had caused her to fall and hit her head on the desk. Hey, there were no signs of, signs of foul play. The case was closed, right? And... Uh, Anyone who talked otherwise, who said, "Hey, that didn't happen." Well, you're a crackpot. You're a you're you're just a wing nut. Now, I don't know what happened. I'm not accusing, making any accusations, because he, you know, there's lie, 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 yeah, libel and slander and such. But um, it's interesting. This whole thing is interesting, and, and you know we, we look at things like Clinton's ride on the uh, Clinton riding as a passenger on, on Epstein's Lolita Express. How in the world, Joe? Let me ask you this: How in the world is that going to affect Hillary Rodham Clinton? Uh, we know that she is, or I, I suspect it is my professional. Well, well, let me just make sure I, I qualify this. It is my personal and professional opinion, based on reasoned analysis. I do suspect Hillary Diane Rodham Clinton is a lesbian, or at the very least a bisexual. So having said that, how in the world is that going to affect... How is William Jefferson Clinton going to affect his behavior with pedophilia type behavior going to affect Hillary's campaign? How? Well, I mean, if it is mostly... If there is no facts or it's not publicized what Bill Clinton did on his trips with this Eps- with this Jeffrey Epstein, then I don't think it will. She's imploding already, though. Um, I don't know if you heard her say today, and maybe she said it tongue in cheek, about the possibility of her going to prison. <laughs> oh. She must have made a joke. Because uh, I haven't been able to see the video, and I'm reading the comments here. Hey, girlfriend, <laughs> gonna be gonna be my. <laughs> you gonna be my girlfriend? Huh? Really? Yeah. If, you, if folks listening to this I don't can, can, look at that can't, screen, uh, see what we're seeing. Uh, Thanks, Eric. <laughs> yeah. Well, this kind of all of this kind of segues. I mean, with this this debasement, this, this debasement of morals and such. Um. Hey, we're we're looking at the entire picture here, but you mentioned Hillary Rodham Clinton on the Democratic side. Well, what would that leave the Democrats? It would leave who? Um, the, Joe Biden, if you want Grandpa, to, but Grandpa Munster, right? It would leave Bernie because Bernie Sanders. Right? You have to win or participate in X amount of primaries, uh, or win X amount of primaries to be 
if Clinton say she were to die tomorrow from uh, natural causes. So okay, it would have to be Bernie who would get the nomination. So, so we're you looking bring at bring in a, a, a cold, you know, Democrat who had no campaign. Why not? I think that's the the, the rules, but they don't go by the rules. So yeah, exactly. Maybe Obama will run again. <laughs> okay. Anyway, uh, but you're looking at a cultural and economic and political Marxist slash socialist in the, in the form of Bernie Sanders. Now, let me ask a question: How in the world? Today, can we have this on the government side? And how in the world can, can Bernie Sanders, and this question was answered by Paul McGuire last week and it was answered by Greg Jackson, but the, you know, you have to ask yourself how, uh, communist and socialist Marxist governments during the 20th century alone could be responsible for over 150 million people dying, failed economic policies all across the board, death by government, uh, um, staggering, uh, inflation, the economic policies, which are just a total failure, the Marxist, liberal, oh, progressive, failure. leftist. I heard Susan Rice talk about how they cut the, the deficit to $500 billion yeah. in national security. Uh, it was an hour-long national security briefing she gave. Well, yeah. Uh, this I, weekend, I, I, that's I, the new I map, wasted an the, hour on that. Right, actually. right. And, and you'd be surprised, folks, uh, how much, how many, how many more... Um, uh, episodes and, and videos and uh, maybe you wouldn't be surprised but if you do any uh, research but we do a lot of research for the, for each show you'd be surprised how much uh, disinformation is being pumped out there and is being put into the uh, being being bracketed and, and pushed forward as news it's not news well what is news Venezuela folks Imploding right now. This is if, if you take a look at what's going on right now in Venezuela. Yeah. It's coming to the United States. It's coming up to the West. And I'm pretty sure I had some stories from last week. I'll look for them. But I know there's new stories this week. Um, and while you, well, before we get into Venezuela, oh yeah, get into Venezuela. And uh, this is another story I want to hit before the end of the show. I know sure. we have a very sure. little time left, but the inflation, hyperinflation of Venezuela's currency has been an ongoing issue. There has been food rationing that has been so extreme. People have been waiting in line eight hours a day to get daily rations, not even being able to work, having to wait in line for food that long each day. This is much worse than the Weimar Republic, um, number-wise, but and visually it's not. But don't forget Venezuela is. is in the same category as Iraq. Yes. Or, I'm sorry, Iran, where Iraq and Afghanistan, Libya, and Syria were. Countries with rogue nations right. and rogue leaders that the U.S. wants to get rid of in order to bring about their new world order because they can't do it if they have rogue leaders in office. Well, Hugo Chavez is not somebody that our government wants in power in Venezuela anymore. Venezuela actually was one of the, uh, and is one of the last countries, I think, without a central bank. Okay, you got to go back to the '90s with uh, the Chavez and the uh, the revolution. He, Chavez was a former uh, uh, military guy. He led a very unsuccessful coup in 1992. I mean, Venezuela in the '90s through the 2000s have have had they've had a real rough time of it. Um, um, he was Chavez was elected president in. December of 98 on a platform that called for the creation of a fifth republic, a new constitution, a new name, and a new set of regulations between socioeconomic classes. 
In 19, a year later, as 1999, the voters approved this referendum on the new constitution, and then a year later, re-elected Chavez, replacing many members of his Fifth Republic Movement Party in the National Assembly, which is their Congress. Um, now, three years later, two years later, April 2002, Chavez was kicked out for power in a coup attempt, um, briefly. But he also remained in power. He came back and, and he, he, without getting into all of the details, I mean, he, he sustained his, his power base. And then you had Maduro come in. Um, and, and then you, you just all this, all this, all this hassle. But when you look at the, all this trouble, but when you look at the, ec- the economic factors, you're looking at, the annual inflation rate of Venezuela right now it's seven hundred and twenty percent. I wouldn't think that's up twenty percent from like a month ago. There's nothing. There's nothing to buy. There is nothing left in the stores, and it's a it's a good thing that, um, like much of of South America, there are lots of local farmers. I know, you know, when Argentina's currency collapsed in the early 2000s, yep. you had businessmen eating dead cows raw on the side of the road. The inflation was so bad. The financial collapse was so bad. You're getting, I mean, obviously if it wasn't for an already um, somewhat stable agricultural free market system in Venezuela, it would be much worse than what we're seeing right now. Well, what I, what I would really hope that people pay attention to is uh, the scenes from uh, Caracas. But if this right. happened in America, it would it, be it, total it, anarchy. Well, it's going to happen in America because this has been going on for years in Venezuela, but it's been ramping up as of late. But but I think I think what we're seeing uh, we're seeing all of these right now. We're seeing the images from Venezuela showing empty shelves, showing uh, riot police on the streets to quell the protesters. Uh, we're seeing rampant crime take place in uh, Caracas, for example, where people are taking law into their own hands. Um, a new wave of looting because people don't have anything. This is how this will play out economically, at least in my view here in the United States. At first, it's going to be empty shelves. Think. Hurricane uh, Sandy, for example. You go to the store and and nothing there because people bought everything out because of the lack of preparation, which cycles back around to this is why we preach preps. But some Christians, again, don't want to hear that. Oh, you can't preach preps because that shows a lack of faith in in, in your God. No, no. Shows that you're a good steward. So, the things that are taking place, and you can go to Infowars and other places to, to to find the videos of desperate people from Venezuela growing anxious, not being able to buy food, jumping gates, storming supermarkets. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you what's, what's missing right now: milk, pasta, flour, oil, milk powder. Five thousand people. Stormed a supermarket in Caracas. People from across the entire state of 
into the supermarket because there were rumors that some of the products not found anywhere else would be sold there. Well, when they got there, eat there. There were about 250 people per National Guard officer. Off, yeah. Which reminds me, um, this is something I wanted to bring up the week before last. Or no, it was, last, it was a week before last? Yeah, it was a week before last, but I wrote it down, and I wanted to see if anyone else would mention it. It was May 4th. On May 4th, 1970. Anyone remember what happened? Hmm. May 4th, 1970. Yeah. Yeah. Boy, clueless. Who got look, killed? Right? Oh. There were... No? Four dead in Ohio. Kent State. Kent State? Okay. Yeah. And the reason I, I it's funny because I didn't see any. I think you did mention that. Did I? Yeah, I think you you mentioned that being the anniversary. I think we mentioned it. All right. Well, at the beginning of the show, I do remember that, but we didn't get into it. Here's why I bring up Kent State is because people say, well, you know, the military will never fire on its citizens. That was just a few confused National Guardsmen, though. Right. In the middle of a racial conflict. Right. Those are the excuses. Kent State. uh, Folks, look at history. And and I'm not trying to gin up fear. Or I'm not saying that all of the Army, all of the National Guard is bad. No word, even close to that. It's an example of what could happen. It's exactly. You combine... And, and think, for those of you who were alive and of, of age back in 1970, perhaps you were paying attention. And I'm speaking mostly to grandparents right now. You understand the anti-war sentiment, of course, combined with the, you know, Johnson deciding to, to um, then later Nixon, but raising the number of, of uh, advisors in Vietnam, shall we say, and the body count rising and such. But what happened at Kent State was over a failed war and war anti-war protesters. The, during that same period of time, you had the Republican, right? I mean, yeah, it was all of the, the socio. But the war, anti-war culture was was the. I mean, that right. mixed with the the integration. Um, were powder cakes. Those two issues were powder cakes with people. But, but but see the the this the social planners from the Tavistock ideology, the Henry Kissingers and the George Soroses and the people who are in power today look at Kent State as as a, a training drill and they say, Okay, I, this is what happened. This was the reaction, the horrified reaction by the American public. But now today, because of so so they had to kind of pull back a little bit and, and make as you saw with the FBI, Joe, that you were just talking about, making uh, the domestic terrorists out of uh, constitutionalists and people who are are uh, Christians, basically, and and, and saying yeah, you know it says no so, less than that. So there we have it. So now we're we're and, and of course go back to the um, conventions back in '68 and the Chicago Seven and, and the Democratic National Convention in Chicago. Don't forget the reason the seven. Chicago Seven were were arrested is because they the um, uh, the governor the uh, mayor of Chicago said no you can't have 
you can't protest here. You cannot protest outside of the convention. And there was a huge protest, as people might remember this, back in 68. Well, all right, compare that that environment to today in 2016. Do we see similar things taking place in 2016 that we saw in 68 and 1970? I think we, we are. But toss in an extremely volatile environment or uh, economic environment. Toss in even worse, ra- if you can believe it, worse race relations. And you want to talk about anti-war pro- road protesters? There you go. So you've got Black Lives Matter. You've got an- Anonymous and other um, uh, the code pink and all of these groups. And there was a state recently that was paying uh, half a million dollars to implement Black Lives Matter curriculum in in their elementary schools. I don't know if it was Minnesota or uh, yes, saw that last week. Uh, um, um, uh, what's the other state over there? <laughs> Wisconsin, maybe. I, maybe, I, yeah. yeah. I was just yeah. trying to think. Anyway. Michigan, one of the, yeah, one of those states. All right, but but please, if if the takeaway from tonight is if nothing else, please understand, folks, we need to to stop acting like we're we're a bunch of uh, limp-wristed Christians. We have to stand up to fight. We have to choose our side, and and mm-hmm. um, we have to be on God's side or make sure make sure we're on God's side and God's on our side. I mean, we I'm not saying arbitrarily fight, but we we must show up to fight. Before we end the show, I don't know if you saw this, uh, what Obama said today. Putting order countries in charge for a while because they could clean things up. This is what, uh, the Obama said. Are, are um, we sure that's not a Nordic, joke? Oh, no, I'm sure. Um, the Nordic countries are vital to his efforts to create a new world order. As Obama said, they have been extraordinarily important for us in shaping and maintaining an international order that is rule-based, that is fair and just. So, President Obama said Nordic countries would make the world more secure and more prosperous if we would just let them run things. Welcoming the leaders of Finland, Norway, Sweden, Denmark, and Iceland to the White House on Friday, Obama said that if we let the Nordic countries control the world, they could clean things up. Now, is this the same Sweden that has become the rape capital of the world? Told not to fight back, basically said, being told that they're... uh, You can't make this stuff Illegal up, alien invaders uh, have the rights to their bo- the women's bodies and that they're the problem for being the victim. He went on to say, so I really do believe that the world would be more secure and more prosperous if we just had more partners like our Nordic countries. There have been times where I've said, why don't we just put all these small countries in charge for a while and they can clean things up. Obama also called Nordic countries a model and praised them for their pluralism and willingness to welcome refugees don't forget last week with michael snyder we talked about the cashless society in these countries being at 90 plus percent and there's video of the president <sighs> stating this much the renegade not the president okay yeah it's it, folks it, we are deals with the new world order he talked about um creating a new he said that they are extraordinarily important, important these states for shaping and maintaining an international rule-based order that is just and fair. You want another thousand points of light? <laughs> he didn't go into that. Yeah, a thousand points of light in the uh, 
castle of death. All right. The takeaway from this, folks, is we are headed for chaos, societal chaos. Or instant death, if you're lucky. Yeah. But we're wasting it. Yeah. Yeah. But, 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 but look. You know, I have a lot of friends who, who are, uh, of all different ethnic races. And one of the things, you know, a lot of them don't like to talk about politics. A lot of them won't get into or no, don't believe in the political systems of America. Well, I, but one thing I'm really surprised about, because most of them, as ignorant as they are to the real issues in the world, and especially in the country, from economic to political issues, or misguided, one thing they do understand is the division that is being created. And that's been across the board. I've been it's, very surprised it, by that. It is an orchestrated division, folks. Please understand that. And, and it, it, whether you're talking about Clara Piven, uh, whether you're going back even further to the um, um, Fabian Socialists, the Antonio Gramsci uh, theory of economics, whatever. But I mean, because I ask uh, them, you know, uh, people who don't live in, in the greatest neighborhoods and aren't of the same ethnic background as I am, you know. Do they hear these murmurings from neighbors and friends? Do they? No. He said that uh, one of my friends in particular talked about how uh, their family actually talked about this and said that it reminded them of what happened in the 60s, only in the 60s there was a uh, real need for change as there was complete segregation. But they said now there is a problem where there is no need except for the need of overall jobs. Uh, that was the consensus that it was the job market and it had nothing to do with, with color. But even at that. And he said that they're being pitted against each other. Right. Even as, as ethnic neighbors. Well, okay, okay. Which is fine. But toss in the, and at the root of it here, at least in the West today and in America today, is the economic chaos that is on the horizon that will come into play when you have this disparity between the haves and the have-nots and 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 the in the one percent versus the 99 percent when you've got a when you got uh jeff bezos falling out of bed and making a million bucks or a billion <laughs> a i'm billion, sorry a billion in bucks, an hour you know uh or sneezing and you know making a million dollar billion dollars of the b i don't even know who he is. You, you know you've got this situation where where obviously um well it's everything's going to be blamed it's on like, capitalism. It's like, the, it's like prison. You have the guards versus the inmates, and then you've got tiered inmates who's right. in charge of you know various. It's a mess. But folks, please, before you go to bed tonight or tomorrow, do me a favor, do a security assessment in your home. Let's get prepared because we are in for some really shaky times. Tomorrow, Pastor Flip Benham. Followed by Standale. We're going to continue on this transgendered issue with Flip, and then we'll get to yes, the Yes, it's important. Till then, God bless.